Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Welcome in to an all, well, first time edition of Belly Up Sports Baseball Super Show 177 days ago. We said goodbye to the Major League Baseball season, and in just uh, under 48 hours, we're going to say hello to a brand new baseball season, and we're here tonight to uh, usher in the new season with a, a smorgasbord of Belly Up Sports media personalities. We're going to be breaking down all kinds of things for you tonight. Uh, we're going to break down each division, and we're going to talk to uh, media personalities who cover these uh, teams within these divisions, and we're going to talk about win totals. So if you're into those kinds of things, we're going to give you the perfect analysis of just how many teams, well, over and unders at least, with the win totals. We're going to predict who's going to win the division, who's going to win the World Series. We're going to have it all for you now so you can get it all set before the season begins, and then you can just focus in on Major League Baseball the rest of the way. We're going to get you ready for opening day, and we're going to do that in a very unique way here on the Belly Up Sports Baseball Super Show presented by Mahler Brothers Golf and Righteous Felon Jerky. I'm your host, Vince Stover. I host the Sports Stove Podcast and the Sports Stove Fantasy Baseball Show. And tonight I'm going to introduce you to some of my friends from Belly Up Sports. And uh, like I said, we're going to talk all things baseball, get you ready for what is ahead. But in order to do that, we've got to have great partners. And tonight we are partnering with Righteous Felon Jerky. Righteous Felon Jerky is, I'm telling you, some of the best textured jerky you're going to find uh, anywhere and great tasting as well. I brought with me tonight my favorite uh, personal flavor from Righteous Felon, the Baby Blues Barbecue. Look at that. That's a beautiful thing. Uh, and that's my favorite flavor. And I've had a couple of times now. I just finished off a brand new flavor, uh, the Soul Survivor Korean barbecue flavor. Uh, I was going to show you that package, but my dog ate it after I emptied it of the jerky. So I can't show it to you tonight, but it's okay. It's great stuff. You can find it at RighteousFelon.com. You can use a promo code of BELLYUP, and you're going to get 15% off your purchase there at Righteous Felon. We'll tell you more about that. Uh, ahead in the program. And then we're also partnering with Mahler Bros Golf, uh, golf apparel and other things as well. You go to Mahler Brother Bros, excuse me, MahlerBros.com. And again, at checkout, if you use the code BELLYUP, uh, my goodness, you're going to get 15% off there too. 
So we're just we're just throwing out 15 percenters all day long uh, today for you here on the Belly Up Sports Baseball Super Show. If you're watching this, I am hoping that you've already heard of BellyUpSports.com. But if you have not, you need to go there as soon as the show is done. Uh, BellyUpSports.com, you're going to find articles on every sport. You're going to find some satire there as well. You're going to find gambling things. You're going to find all kinds of stuff for you there on BellyUpSports.com. You can find my NFL mock draft. I know we're heading into baseball season, but it's there for you as well. And I've perfectly predicted the first round. So go to BellyUpSports.com and find that there. Then also BellyUpFantasySports.com has all the fantasy stuff you need. Fantasy football, basketball, hockey, and of course, fantasy baseball as well. Well, so everything is there for you, all brought to you by Belly Up Sports and available for you there as well. We've already got people commenting and we encourage you all show long. Go ahead and share your input on the opinions given throughout this show. Thank you, Morgan, man, for for tuning in tonight. And uh, Atlanta Braves fan, hoping they're adding another World Series this year. You might need to add uh, a shortstop in order for that to happen. But we'll talk about that coming up pretty soon here as we get to the NL East in a few minutes. But we're going to go ahead and get started today with our guests and our AL East uh, breakdown. The AL East uh, breakdown is presented by Mahler Bros Golf. We all want to look good on the golf course, but it comes at the expense of feeling good oftentimes. Mahler Bros Golf has polos that look good and feel good with their lightweight and stretchy material that hugs your body. You will feel cool while looking just as cool. Their polos are guaranteed to make you look better, but it's up to you to golf better. On a hot summer day on the golf course, there's no polo that you would rather wear than Mahler Bros Golf Signature Polos. Uh, don't wait to try uh, your new favorite golf apparel. Upgrade your golf attire with Mahler Bros. Get 15% off at MahlerBros.com with code BELLYUP. Again, that's 15% off with MahlerBros.com, the code BELLYUP. Turn heads on the golf course or wherever you wear Mahler Bros polos. Mahler Bros golf. Look good, feel good, feel good, play good. Let's bring in our first guest of the evening as we get into the AL East. Then we're going to bring on a couple guys for you. First of all, from the 1420 Sports Podcast, it is the one and only Brent Radlinski. Let me get you in here. Sorry, Brent. Uh, There we go. And Hogdale from the Pesky Report. Uh, Now, we've got guys that are uh, kind of against each other here. Yankees, Red Sox. Um, no love lost probably between, between the guys, but nonetheless, welcome guys. Thanks for being here today. Uh, thanks for having us again, uh, Vince, uh, long time. No see. We just did, did something that night. That's right. Uh, yeah. Brent was on the sports though, fantasy baseball show Sunday night. Hogdale has not been invited to that show yet, but probably as soon as this evening's done, how you doing Hogdale? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for having me on. Hey man, glad to have you. Uh, both of these guys are podcasters on the belly up sports network. And uh, like I said, covering the Yankees and the Red Sox, respectively. And uh, so I want to get started with just some general thoughts. Uh, I'm going to start with you, Hogdale, if I may. Um, And that is with the Red Sox. There's a lot of things going around this season, a lot of maybe low expectations for the Red Sox this year. So uh, how does the Red Sox fan base feel about the upcoming season? Well, sadly, the, uh, the Red Sox fan base is notorious. Uh, of being filled with a bunch of raging pessimists. Uh, can't say I'm one of them, but you know, if I, I would be lying if I said that there wasn't a huge sense of uh, apathy and uh, 
low expectations this year, even though I really do think there's a lot to be excited about. Like it may be copium on my part. I really don't think so. I think the Sox have fielded a pretty decent baseball team this year. And uh, I think they got a lot of things to be really excited about. Uh, what about uh, Chris Sale? Uh, he's going to be, he gets the second start this season. Um, that was in some part due to health and, uh, but he's, he's slated to be there. So how's the, uh, you said you're an optimist. So are you optimistic that sales going to be around most of the season? I, I really do hope so every day. It's, it's tough because like when you have a guy on your team, like when there's, when there's a guy on your team that like, if there's a hurricane nearby, like that you need to hide him away for fear that the strong wind will break his bones into, like it's a bit concerning, but I mean, he looks really good in spring training. He looked good last year in the stint that he was there. Uh, it's just, yeah, it's just a matter of health and we're just wrapping him in bubble wrap and praying to God that, you know, everything turns out good. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, then uh, let's see, let's head over to Brent. Brent Yankees. Now I know we talked about this the other night in the program, but not everybody watching was listening to that. Uh, Yankees come in, they got Volpe. That's going to make the opening day roster going to start at shortstop. So there's some youth infused into this Yankee lineup as well. And uh, are you, would you consider yourself optimistic or pessimistic about the Yankees this year? I am as levelistic a word. I think that they're going to be about the same as last year a little bit. They're, they're, they'll got a couple less wins. I don't think they're a World Series contender. They'll, they'll be a playoff team. I don't think that they're, they've done enough to uh, to be better than they were last year. The Astros are still the, the cream of the crop, in, in my opinion, in the American League. The, the the problem that the Yankees have right now is that the health of their pitching staff, it's it's not good. You have Severino, he's out. He was supposed to have the the, uh, the big season this year being being a free agent. Uh, Rodon, he's out for the for, for a month. And last year, you remember, the, the Yankees got off to a, a start that was un, unprecedented. People thought they are going to win 120 games, and they ended up only winning 99 but uh, which is still a very good season, but I, I you just got to think that they're going to take a little bit of a uh, a step back this year. Are they a playoff team? Yep, they're they're very good. Volpe, I, I since we uh, last spoke on Sunday, there you you hear that he's going to be the next coming at Jeter, and I'm like, whoa, let's slow things down a little bit. He hasn't played a game yet because that's some with some pretty big shoes to fill there. Even even if uh, Volpe can be uh, like a Didi Gregorius kind of a player, because I thought Didi was a great replacement for Jeter. And I think we should maybe say set set our, our, our uh, expectations a little bit lower and not be at number two, and maybe maybe a Didi kind of an expectation for a guy like Volpe. And he's only 21 years old, and that's tough coming into New York. Yeah, you can have a great spring training, but when it all comes down, down to it, man, Pinstripes can get heavy, and playing in New York City is a big light, and it's a big time. We'll see what's going to happen on Thursday. Now, I saw today on social media, and I didn't save it, so I don't know where it was. Uh, Alex Rodriguez said something about the Red Sox being the the cream of the crop, or the the what was it, Hogdale? You're laughing. You saw it. Oh yeah, that was funny. I think he just said like they were they were the standard. Which, if I was a Yankees fan, I'd be absolutely sick reading that uh, that quote. Genuinely, I feel for you guys that you had to endure reading that quote. Brent, <laughs> so he, he basically called us the class, which the, is like, hey, thanks, A Rod. Yeah. We appreciate you. The <laughs> thing about A Rod is uh, the. I have I learned to tune him out a couple of years back. Like 
I liked him. Like he tricked, like he tricked me. That forgive thing that hit they got they had going on back in 2013, 2014, the whole bit. And he was, you oh, I'm sorry, I'm I'm a I'm changed, and I'm a uh, his publicist did a great job. There's no like the best publicist in the world is a Rod's guy because he fooled me. I was buying T-shirts the whole bit, and he he definitely fooled me that there's no no getting around that. But when a Rod talks, I I I tend to tune him out. <laughs> That's probably fair. Uh, in the AL East, let's talk about the division a little bit. Who do you think in the AL East? We'll start with Hogdale. Had the best off season uh, of the teams in the AL East. I was gonna say like that. That could be a tough question, but like uh, I, I think the Yankees realistically did have the best off season. Like it's debatable. It could be them or the Jays, but like in terms of like just vibes overall. Like y'all were able to get Aaron Judge locked up long term. You got the best pitcher on the market, Carlos Rodon, even though he's hurt, it's not presumed he'll be out for a super long time. Like there's still uh, some holes there, but like in terms of like after the off season, when I'm looking at all the rosters, like do I like the Yankees roster better? Do I like the Jays? I, I prefer the Yankees significantly. Brent. I like what the Jays did by adding Brissett uh, from from the Mets. I, I like getting Kiermaier. He's a heck of a player. And then the uh, we, like we talked about the other night uh, when the the Jays one of their their biggest uh, acquisitions is changing the field dimensions there at the Sky Dome might be one of the bigger things that happened there. And they're going to hit a lot of home runs this year. That team, that team is stacked. And Kikuchi's uh, looked like he's doing pretty good. Like how much, how much weight do you put in spring training? Though like Kikuchi's better this year than he was last year. But that's that's not saying anything because spring training games, a lot of Double A guys are hitting, so you don't know what you're going to get. But that Toronto team is is stacked and. Get, getting that winning pedigree with Brandon Belt from the San Francisco Giants, I think that is huge for a, a team that's. I mean, all teams seem to be a little bit younger nowadays compared to when the Yankees were winning World Series. Things it's just kind of one of those things that everybody's young now and guys that their their uh, their shelf life isn't as long as it used to be. I think that that Jays team is 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 poised to do do a lot of damage this year in the American League East, and it's it's going to be interesting to see how their starting pitching can can hold up. Manoa's great. Uh, like I said, Kermeyer, he's right there. It's going to like the Jays. I know people around uh, Canada, right across from coast to coast here, they're they're looking forward to this uh, Jays team. Yeah, I like the Jays too. I think what they did this offseason was add balance to their offense. Uh, they were so right-handed heavy. The three guys that they bring in that are planning, they're planning on playing regularly. Kiermaier's a lefty, Belt's a lefty, and Varsho's a lefty. So they're going to add some balance. Of course, they got Vigio as well, who's a lefty, um, that can play in several different positions. And I love Varsho's good. He's a really good player. Uh, underrated because you didn't, didn't know where no one got to see him play, right? Because <laughs> he played in Arizona. It's like, who, who is this guy? But he's, he's a good player. He is a good player. Yeah, and their and their pitching staff is is solid, led by Manoa. They bring in Bassett. They they've got a lot of things going there. And then kind of the joke of the division for years seemed like it was Baltimore. And all of a sudden, this Baltimore team looks fun at the very least. And hopefully better. I mean, I say hopefully, you guys probably don't hope, but hopefully better for the the average major league baseball fan. So Hogdale, when you look at Baltimore, are you starting to fear at all what they could be in the next year or two? Uh Within the next few years, absolutely. They they have a distinct young core that is forming. Adley Rushman, I would not be shocked if by the end of the year he's considered the best catcher in baseball. Mm-hmm. Like I think right now we're we we all keep Real Muto ahead of him just because of his past reputation. But in terms of pure talent, I don't think there's one that's better than Adley. Gunnar Henderson looks sick. Uh Grayson Rodriguez, uh 
from all reports, he seems to be the real deal, even though apparently the Orioles, you know, you can't, you can't call him up just yet. You know, I mean, that stud or Orioles rotation, you know, spearheaded by the great Kyle Gibson, he just couldn't crack it. So, you know, bummer for them. But I mean, if I was an Orioles fan, I'd be disgusted after this offseason because your biggest acquisition was Adam Frazier. So I'd be pretty sick, like, if I was an Orioles fan. Because, like, why not add? Why not, you know, reward the fans who, like, suffered through this, like, arduous rebuild? You know, like, the, this team, it is young, it is very fun, but it just doesn't have the pitching to go anywhere yet. Brent? Yeah, Baltimore's right there, and you, and like you're like you're saying, Hogdale, that they the ownership didn't do themselves any favors at all in the offseason because they were right there with 83 wins. I think they had last year, and then to go into the offseason and do absolutely nothing. I, I don't want to say make your team worse, but to, there was no addition at, at all that, that's going to make them any better. I'm, they're probably going to end up taking a step back because the other teams in the division did a little bit, whereas the, the Baltimore Orioles just didn't, and their their payrolls at that 60 million bucks, whatever. It maybe and i don't understand how that how that can happen throughout baseball i mean that's that's another show for another day to talk about that kind of stuff because it doesn't make sense how a team was right there with 83 wins last year a win here win there you never know a, a hot streak in june can get you into, into a playoff game because it's not that long ago where they were in in playoff games we'll go back to 2016 why uh but Buck Martinez that didn't change pitchers and put Zach Britton in. That's a that's a, a few years back, but you, you just wonder how a once proud franchise fell that that deep and and they they have a good fan base. But if you if you're not going to spend money, people aren't going to go. And to have 83 wins last year is tough. And to do what they did and to not add anything is odd to me how they just didn't didn't want to and it's not like you're the the fan base is asking to go out and and, and sign uh otani or anything it's just saying add a picture here add a picture there and let's see what we can do and and just and just give it a shot i think that that's all orioles fans are are asking and they just don't seem to do it yeah i actually love the addition of cole irvin in this rotation i think getting him out of oakland is going to be a really good thing for him now, is he an ace? No, but I think he adding him to the rotation is great. But you do look at that pitching staff and you go, okay, someone's going to have to overachieve drastically in that pitching staff for something good that really good to happen this year. And uh, and then yes, the Adam Frazier ad is is not shaking anybody. Uh, I don't think either. Uh, who in this division is most likely to win the division? Uh, Hogdale. Uh the Yankees. I mean, to me, to me, like the Yankees floor this year is like 90 wins. I, I, I really like their team. I mean, uh, the, the pitching right now is hurt. It's injured. But in terms of like the high end talent, the Yankees have it in terms of bullpen depth, the Yankees have it. Uh, I think they are most likely to win the division followed right next to behind them is probably the Blue Jays. Brent. I'm a little, like I said, I'm a little pessimistic with my Yankees this year going into the season. And I, I often wonder like the, the money that they're, that they spend year in, year out and why a team right inside their division, like the, the Tampa Bay Rays, how other owners don't say, okay, so they spend 40 million and we spend 300 million and they're not winning world series either. So why don't we do that? I don't, I don't understand why that hasn't got, gone across baseball. Why, why people and why people don't, don't hire these guys from Tampa Bay to say, Hey, what they're doing here, they're saving money. And I don't understand that. I think Tampa Bay is going to be a bit of a, a that dark horse once again in the division, but I think that, that, that the Toronto Blue Jays 
are the team to beat in the division this year because they're they're a little healthier going into in, into the season. And uh, like I, I've said a thousand times, you can't win the World Series in April, but you can sure lose it. And the, the, the not not having the health that the the uh, the starting rotation of the Yankees right now it hurts a lot because you just know that Stanton's going to get hurt in June, and Judge will go through his thing. Every team goes through it. Like every team in baseball goes through it. But when you don't have you know two thirds your two two fifths your starting rotation to to start the season, that's that that's tough to pick up on because you're going to get more more injuries throughout the season. And every team goes through it. But to start the season off the way the Yankees are, I think it's going to be tough. And I think the Toronto Blue Jays are the team to beat in that division. All right, let's run through these win totals real quick. I'm going to start from least to most uh, given to you, and I want you guys just to give me over or under on these. Baltimore still coming in last in the win total um, projections here, 76 and a half. Hogdale over under 76 and a half Baltimore. That's tough. I do think the Orioles got worse. I just don't think they did enough, and I think everyone else in the division got better. I'll say under. I was going to say, did they get seven games worse is the question. Brent? I have written down right here. You said 76 and a half. I got 77 wins written down right here. So that's, that's what I got for 77. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Boston, they come in at 77 and a half. So I suppose a game better than the uh, Orioles this year. And that would be a uh, pretty much right on the dot where they were last year at 78 wins. So uh, Brent, we'll start with you, Boston, 77 and a half. I got them at 81 wins this year, 81 wins. I think they're a better team. Sales healthy. I, I think that they're, they're a better team. Uh, Jensen, Kenley Jensen's right there. So they're going to, they, they have a, a, a decent bullpen. Like, I, I like their, their closing situation better than what the Yankees got. We take, we, 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 we're still waiting for the next Mariano to come back to the, to the Bronx. It's been, it's been 10 years already. It's like, yeah. what the heck's gone on? But I like, I don't, I don't mind the Red Sox at all. Like they, I think they're about 81, 500 kind of a team. Hogdale. Oh, I'm hammering the over. Okay. Hammering the people. <laughs> people don't realize last year how bad the Red Sox were in close games because of how atrocious the bullpen was. The Red Sox last year blew 27 saves. That oh, was third most in baseball. That's 27. The bullpen's completely revamped. Like as you win 11 more of those that year, I believe last year you're a 90 win team. Like based on the record last year. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm hammering the over. I like it. Tampa Bay, 88 and a half. This is a team that I never respect. It's a team I always come in going, no, they're going to go down this year. And then you get to the end of the year, and there they are. Uh, but 88 and a half would be an improvement over last year. They were 86 wins last year. Uh, Hogdale over under 88 and a half for Tampa. God, I wish I could say under. I really wish I could. I, I hate the Rays, man. I hate the way they do business. Everyone does but for they, no reason. Yeah. They just win. It's really, really frustrating. They pull dudes out of nowhere. Their cheating lab is genuinely impeccable, and I really wish that we could copy it. So I'll say over uh, begrudgingly. Brent? It's like you uh, you were, you saw my notes somehow, Vince. I got 89 written down right there. I don't know how you did it and how we, got, we, we, we came up with these. But I got them at 89 wins. Uh, playoff, uh, probably a wild card team. Wild card itching for it at the very least. Toronto is at 92 and a half. That's where they were last year. 92 wins. Brent, uh, you're pretty high on these Blue Jays. 92 much, much better baseball team this year. They have some great additions. Uh, like I said, Kikuchi's not going to have a, a, a two-win whatever he had from last year. Uh, I have them at 95 wins is what I got them at to win the division. Hogdale. God, this division's so brutal. Uh-huh. <laughs> God, um, I'd say over. I think they'll probably win 93 or 94 games. 
I think this division benefits from the new scheduling, uh, where oh, they don't play each other quite as much, and they're one of the one of the two conferences that benefits greatly from it. Uh, the Yankees come in at ninety five and a half. They had ninety nine last year. Uh, Hogdale Yankees ninety nine uh, ninety five and a half. Yeah, I'd say over. Definitely, definitely over. Brent. Under in 93, I think they take a, step, a, a big step back because the way the season is going to start out, out with them. And uh, like we said, the other, I, I'm not I'm not a big Cole guy, and he's going to get to he's got got to some big starts coming up, and he's their their ace night. And uh, I got them at 93 wins this year to get second in the division, and uh, they'll be a playoff team, but I don't think they're going to do a whole bunch of damage. It's uh, pessimistic, and I should be more optimistic. Opening day is a, a day and a half away now, but yeah, I just. <laughs> Uh, it's not Christmas morning for me this time around. I got it's tough to be. Um, it's tough to be optimistic when like the that, the shadow of the Astros just looms over the entire conference. Like you know, yeah. I just don't think there's anyone that's good enough to beat the Astros. Like genuinely, hundred percent. Yeah, it's fun having an optimistic Red Sox fan. I usually meet pessimistic Red Sox fans and oh, a God, pessimistic everywhere. Yankee fan. Usually, all years how great they are. So uh, that's a fun one to have. I'm much different. That chase for 28 and all that BS. I don't believe in any of that ever. Show me something this year. That's kind of how I am. The sure. past, the past. What have you done for me lately? Uh, Hogdale, tell us where we can find you and about the content that you you're involved with. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, so yeah, I do content for the Pesky Report. I believe the ad is just at Pesky Report. Yep, just at Pesky Report. Uh, I also do a Patriots podcast called One Patriot Podcast. There you go. You can find them covering Boston stuff for sure. Brent, tell everybody about your show and, and content that you're involved with. 1420 Sports Bar Podcast, four beer of sports talk, and a whole lot more. Me and Dave get together a couple times a week. We uh, just BS like you're sitting around your your local sports sports bar, having a couple of having a couple of pops here and there, and everything else, and just just uh, just basically just shooting the crap once in a while, a couple times a week, and that's where we can be found YouTube and everywhere else to get your get your podcast. Gentlemen, it was a great way to start off the show. Thanks for all your help, and uh, good luck to the Yankees and the Red Sox uh, this coming season. Thanks a lot, Vince. No Thanks for having me on. You have a great one. Yes, sir. All right. There you go. The gentleman uh, there from the AL East. And we're going to get right into the NL East next. And our NL East breakdown is presented by Righteous Felon Jerky. Uh, if you want the purest jerky in the game, you got to go straight to the source. Righteous Felon has partnered with the best natural black Angus beef producers in the land. And they've locked up the supply and guarantee the best tasting, best textured, and freshest beef jerky on the market. Righteous Felon also offers free shipping on all orders, $50 or more. You can visit RighteousFelon.com. Use the promo code BELLYUP. You get 15% off your purchase. I'm telling you, I love Righteous Felon jerky. You got to give it a try. Give it a go. They've got a subscription service as well as just, you know, one-time orders and things like that as well. Uh, you will enjoy it. All right, let's bring in our guests for the NL East. We've got two more guests for you. First from Belly Up Sports in the Belly Up Baseball Department. It's our friend Dan D'Amico. And then also joining us from the Combat Deviants and the brand new Cardcore Hobby Talk Podcast from Belly Up Sports, Steve Reichel. Rachel. Hey there, man. How you guys doing? I'm doing great, guys. How you feeling tonight? Oh, I'm feeling awesome. <laughs> we're, we're, we're right there. We're right at the edge of it. I turned on spring training baseball this afternoon. I got home from work, turned on the Brewers and Rockies, and uh, just soaked in the noise, soaked in the sound of it all. And I uh, can't believe we're already there. But you guys cover uh, an interesting 
division. Uh, you're both Phillies fans. Uh, we've got too many of those in Belly Up Sports, but uh, <laughs> not don't hate us. Don't hate us. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got two Phillies fans, and uh, I've had Dan. Dan's been on my show a million times on the Fantasy Baseball Show, and uh, he's been on my, my other show as well. And uh, so I hear a lot from him and, and things like that. But you're both Phillies fans, so let's talk about it. We just had a Red Sox and Yankees guy. The Red Sox guy was optimistic. The Yankees guy was pessimistic. I've not met a pessimistic Phillies fan yet this year. So, Stephen, let's start with you, man. Optimistic, pessimistic about what the Phillies have done this year. I mean, there's nothing. To really, I mean, the only thing to be upset about if you're a Phillies fan right now is, is the fact that you just lost your first baseman in, in Reese Hoskins for for the year, pretty much. I mean, but on the other side of that, you know, you get a, you give a guy like Derek Hall a chance to kind of really see if you know what, what he can do give, given the opportunity. You know, I mean. It also helps the Phillies in other ways because now it's going to be harder for for Reese to ask for that big that that big contract again. So sure. it helps the Phillies money wise. If you re- I'm like you're trying to find the silver lining, and that's that's what I'm trying to do at this point in time. Yeah. But you know, looking at what they did during the offseason, you know, obviously, you know, bringing Trey Turner in, you go you go and bring Soda, and you, you know, you you bring Kimball, and you shore up the back end of that bullpen. The only thing you have to do now is pray that the only difference from this year to last year is obviously two more wins and a healthy pitching rotation in the playoffs, and you're probably a World Series champion this year. Fair enough. D'Amico, optimist or pessimist for the Phillies this year? Well, it's hard to be pessimistic about a team that just went to the World Series in a season that no one was really expecting at this time last year. And then – like Steven said, they added the best shortstop on the market. They added a Hall of Fame closer. They added another hard-throwing lefty. But then you think about Harper's going to be out until June. Ranger Suarez is probably going to start here in the IL. And obviously Hos- losing Hoskins for the year is is a tough thing to swallow, you know, a week away from opening day. But I think it's inarguable that the Phillies improved – in the off season and for a team that was two wins away from winning a world series, that's, that's a very good place to start. Yeah. I mean, you add Trey Turner and you guys have both mentioned it. And to me, that's, that's such a big deal, especially when you look at what San Diego's done all for the last year into this year and all the pieces they're adding Trey Turner to come over and pick Philly, even with Bryce, Bryce Harper out for the time being, you know, you're getting them back. And when you do, it just, it just strengthens an already strong lineup. I love the Trey Turner addition, and I, I would assume, and I'm not a Phillies fan, but I would assume you guys are ecstatic about adding that piece. Absolutely. I mean, you could not be happier, you know, pulling the, you know, arguably the best shortstop in baseball. You know, you already have Kyle Schwarber on the team who, you know, ha- had, you know, one of his best power numbers, uh, you know, in, in his career last year. You know, you you have some good things. Hopefully, uh, you know, uh, Nicky Cow can uh, can find his bat again this year, and you you don't really not really stressing for runs in production. So, I mean, I think they're in a really good spot. They, you don't you don't really lose too too, too much d- during this past off season. I mean, yeah, you 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 lose. You know, your your prior shortstop he goes down down to Miami. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> you, you you bring you bring in Trey. You, you you fill that up. Like I said, the only thing, the only question is if you can keep that pitching rotation healthy and figure out what what's gonna what production you're gonna get out of out of three, four, and five is the the only really question marks you really have. I mean, I, obviously everyone's talking about the the Harper injury. He he's gonna he's gonna miss a, you know the first month month and a half half of the season. 
I think that only helps him because, you know, as he's going to get hotter down, down the stretch has, he's proven that he's done throughout his career. I, I mean, I, th- I think instead of sneaking in the playoffs this year that they, they, they kind of have their way with the division. I still think a lot of people are overestimating some of the stuff that the, that, that the, the Mets have does. I still think the, the real test inside the division is going to be the Atlanta Braves. We don't know if uh, – if, um, we could see the Nationals, you know, kind of make a surprise. I don't really see that, and we don't really see the Marlins doing anything. So, sure. really, when we're talking about the, the division, it's the three big boys: it's the Phillies, it's the, it's the, it's the the Braves, and it's the Mets. I think the Mets are going to do the Met things that they always do. They'll 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 put a, a lot of wins together, and then when it comes comes down the stretch, they're going to fall apart like they always do. If, until they can prove me wrong, I will continue to, to to run with that 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 narrative. They have to prove me wrong first. I haven't seen that in a few years. The Mets will met. Um, the pitching rotation is a question mark, right? I mean, your bullpen looks looks solid. Nola and Wheeler, I like both of them a lot. Then you got Walker, Taiwan Walker, Bailey Falter, and Matt Strom. I believe are your three, four, and five guys. Um, Mr. Suarez, man, he was big during the playoffs, man. Yeah, he's well, keep sleeping on Ranger Suarez. I don't get it. He'll be back. Let's see. Is he gonna be there for his first start? Yeah, I, I think I think he got he got banged up in uh, the, the 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 classic a little bit. He got sent home a little early, so we got to see what's there. You still have young guys in that arm in 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 your in your organization that you don't know what's gonna do do yet. You know, I like Walker. We'll see. Like I said, the real question is the back end of that rotation. How, you know what what's what's the production gonna be like there? If if you can get you know you know something okay. above five hundred from those guys, then you might you might be in some business. Dan, are you comfortable with that pitching staff? A lot can fall apart with the pitching staff, is which, which is what scares me. Because with, with Wheeler and Nola both pitching deep into October, the hope is that they can last all year. And, and when Painter, before Painter had his elbow injury and before Ranger Suarez was dealing with his forearm injury, People were talking about a six-man rotation to ease Painter into a big league workload. And I think the other half of it was to make sure Nola and Wheeler aren't overextending themselves. Nola's pitched, almost, I think, the most innings in, in baseball over the last five years. And Zach Wheeler, over the last two, has been one of the most durable guys in the National League. And that might go away. And that's obviously a pessimistic a view view of what could happen, but sure. Nola and Wheeler have both been pitching a lot over the last few years. And with Suarez now hurt for probably might miss the first couple starts painter. You don't know what you're going to get from him. Now the, the depth that you were happy with in the rotation has, has gone away. And now you're looking on relying on Wheeler and Nola again. And the hope is they can keep carrying you. Yeah. Now, the Mets, the Phillies, and the Marlins all had some pretty big additions this offseason. So uh, which team in the NL East had the best offseason, if you can say it without being too uh, too biased? <laughs> I mean, you can't, you can't dismiss what the Mets have brought in. You can't. Uh, uh, you know, obviously, you know, there are obviously the, the, the Phillies kind of uh, arch nemesis rival, you know, be, being so close. You know, Philly versus New York has kind of been, you know, uh, one of the si- silent rivalries that we don't really talk too much about in sports uh, in, in general. But, um, I mean, I would have to say they did have the the, the, uh, 
the, the bigger one. I mean, obviously, uh, Miami stealing Ramirez from us did, did, did you know, it, it is a nice pickup for them. I kind of felt that they overpaid for him. Congratulations to him. Um, you know, I, I, like I said, good good with uh, what, what we did in exchange for that. But um, the, the Mets clearly did did more during the offseason because they, they have more money to throw around. I mean, I, it's kind of rhetorical, but at the same time, dude, look, look yeah, I've already mentioned what the, what the Phillies have done. The, you, you bring in Turner, you, you sure you, you, you sure up some, some of the, 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 that back end of that bullpen, you know, now, you know, you, you know, you, you have Soda Crimble and uh, Sir Anthony Dominguez for, for, you know, your last three, four, five innings, you know, depending on how, how your pitcher does, you have some, some, some depth there where you were kind of, you know, the question, question was, as 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 we're as our other guest over here was saying, we we've been relying on Nola so much, we've been relying on Wheeler so much that that they have been coursing the the you know the the better part of the, the starts and the workload for for the last handful of years uh, here in Philadelphia. We'll see how how it plays out, but I still think the overall we're, we're okay in that end. But yeah, the, the the Mets are probably the one who won free agency, but you don't win in, in, in anything at this time of year. Dan, who had the you win best the headlines? You, 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 win <laughs> win the headlines. Michael, yeah. you ain't won nothing yet. Yeah, Dan, who had the best offseason in the NL East? I don't want to sound like a homer, but I still think it was the Phillies. And I think it might have been the Mets before the World Baseball Classic. And then Trey Turner hit five home runs in a week. And, you know, I'm down on the Mets. And it's easy to do that as a Phillies fan and be down on the Mets. But Justin Verlander is 40 years old. Yeah. Max Scherzer missed 10 starts last year. I don't think it's outside the realm of possibility. They only give you 35 to 40 starts between them this year. So while bringing in a Hall of Fame pitcher is great, you bring it and you bring in the best Japanese pitcher that the league has seen and that you're hoping you bring in the best Japanese pitcher the league's seen in a while. And you get Jose Quintana, who had a great year. But Jose Quintana had a lot of bad years between last year and his time on the White Sox. Yeah. And Kodai Senga has to prove himself in the major leagues before we before we give him, just anoint him a, a good number three starter. And I think they're aging. I Starling Marte, Mark Canner are both going to be 34. So I... It's close. I really think it's close, but I think the Phillies just edge it out with Trey Turner and the bullpen. Don't disagree yeah. there. Mets are going to run out of gas. It's going to be the Phillies and Phillies again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree with Jared there too, and you guys. To me, I'm surprised by how much respect the Mets got, and I understand the Verlander ad is is a good thing for the Mets, but man, they're old old guys pitching. Let's get to our win totals uh, in the East. Sorry, my dogs are saying hello as my kids just got home. Um, <laughs> <That goes. laughs> let's say hello to the to the NL East now. Win totals. Just give me a quick over-under on these. Uh, Washington, 60 and a half. Um, you know, Washington's bad. <laughs> so over-under 60 and a half. Dan? Uh, under. They've got some interesting pieces. Not really, but they've got some guys where – you kind of want to check in, see how they're doing. You know, some interesting pitchers, some interesting position players that are still young, but they they're pretty bad. I'll check in to see if Joey Manessis can keep up his nine thirty career OPS as a thirty year old rookie. But I think they're picking first 
in a year from now. I think that's safe. Steven over under 60 and a half for Washington. Yeah, that's a, that's under. I'm 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 same here. Like <laughs> I still think 60 might be a gift. Sure. <laughs> I mean, I w- would not be surprised if they were well over 100 losses. Would not. Oof. Miami 74 and a half. I think Miami's going to be better this year. Not necessarily contender better this year. They won 69 last year. So 74 and a half is a five game game bump for them, but uh, you guys over under 74 and a half Miami. Dan I'm over on Miami. I think in a different division, you're looking at the Marlins as a potential sleeper playoff team. Yeah, put them but in a the division with three teams that went to the playoffs last year. The, there's just no chance. They've got great pitching, and they added the AL batting champion. But unless Jazz Chisholm takes a huge step forward, plays 150 games, and unless you find the World Series Jorge Soler, I don't see – Real impact for the Marlins, but I do think they could be interesting and and go over that total. Yeah, if Jazz takes a big step forward, he'll probably break his foot. So don't do that, Jazz. <laughs> uh, Stephen, over yeah, under. I'm, I'm over on the Marlins, so I think they're around 80 wins somewhere okay. around. That. Uh, Philadelphia not getting a lot of respect. 88 and a half. Uh, to me, that was an. Did you ever get respect during the national media? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm guessing you guys are both going over 88 and a half. I mean, I don't think it. I think we're going to be somewhere in the 90s yeah. for sure. Uh, I mean, sure, you know, you know, every every Phillies fan would like like to see see them pick up 100 wins, things of that nature. You know, it hasn't necessarily worked out too well for us in in, in recent past. Uh, like I said, I still feel this team is is the the divisional winner. You know, the national media can can bury us all all, all they want. They they bury us every year. So. Uh, let's see here. Uh, same win total. Let's see here. Yeah. New York Mets and Atlanta, both at 95 and a half. Uh, so let's start with the Mets. I, I think they're under 95 and a half. You guys, Without a doubt. I, I agree. I think we're all on I the same like page for, for all of these. Maybe, not, like maybe 90, but that, that's no, I still think it's way too high. And then Atlanta, they're kind of that sneaky team that just stays there. It doesn't matter who's hurt, what's going on with their pitching staff, whatever. They're always there. But 95 and a half, over under 95 and a half for Atlanta. I think going it, over. that might be their actual win total. <laughs> okay. uh, I, think I think they win 98, 100 games. I think the Braves could be the best team in the National League this year. All right, I was going to say 10 seconds. Who's the best team in the East? Uh, Dan, you think that Atlanta could be that? Steven? I mean, on, on paper, I, I'll, I'll, I'll I definitely agree with him there. Like, the, you know, you, it's 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 always it's always a, it, in my opinion, you know, we we stole something from them last year. Yeah, you know, that that should have been another run for them, et cetera, et cetera. We stole we stole that from them this year. I think this is our year to prove that it wasn't a fluke. But yeah, I I do believe you know still being healthy, I still think they're 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 the front runner in in, in the National League. I mean, you can make make some cases for uh, for some of them guys out west don't really see them being able to overpower anyone from, from, from uh, you know, between the Phillies and, and Atlanta, but we'll, we'll see. I still think it, it boils down to who comes out of the East is, is probably going to be the one that we see, see playing, uh, uh, you know, early November. All right. Very good. Uh, Dan, tell the people where they can find you at. Find me on Twitter at Dan D'Amico 14. I'm just waiting for the next Philadelphia team to lose a championship at this point, you know, I'm, I'm just waiting for the Sixers to go to the, the NBA finals and, and make it like five, <laughs> five straight championships where Philadelphia rooting interest is lost. So I, it's 
you can find me there, but it's not it's oh, not gosh. very optimistic there. Yeah. yeah, I definitely don't like being the bridesmaid as of right now. I mean, <laughs> sure. you really look at this passion in Philadelphia. We've so been the bridesmaid, you know, get there from the MLS championship, falling short. Stephen, tell you the people the where they can find you at. You've got a brand new shirts there. You, you know, a uh, couple couple bad decisions of bad plays at the end of the Super Super Bowl kind of cost the Eagles <laughs> Eagles one there. If, if the if the Sixers go and lose one, I think I might be on bo- 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 board. This is the problem with bringing Philadelphia fans on. It's woe is me. We made it to the championship. One of the more exciting cities to, to, to perform in. Baseball hat back here, and then keep crying. Um. All right, Steve. Tell them tell them about your show. You got a brand new show getting ready to come out. Yeah, yeah. As well yeah. as another um, one that you you're know, part. Uh, you guys kind of messed me up this this week, but it's all right, guys. We'll we'll, we'll still get things done the way we, we do things. Yeah, we're 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 getting ready to launch a a new program called called Card Core Hobby Talk. Um, uh, linked up with um this guy uh Mark Lemay from um the, the Grading Authority, and you know we're gonna be doing a little bit of everything. You know we're gonna talk we're gonna be talking card gradings. We're gonna be talking talking about you know. You know your your signing events, things like like that. We're gonna be talking about all aspects of, of hobbying. That's gonna be fun. And you know the the, the general thing that everyone see, sees me with is uh, combat deviants. I've been covering uh, combat sports and MMA for the better part of ten years now. You know I've interviewed everyone from Dana White to Chris Cyborg. You know to even some some, some of the more recent uh, bare knuckle boxing guys who, who who've kind of uh, making the, their stake of things. So. Having fun with that. Do that every every uh, Friday Friday nights from from eight to ten here on uh, on the Belly Up Sports Network. You can find me basically uh, all across all, all your platforms on Twitter. It's at at, at Steve Sports Talk One. Uh, you know, you want to find me on Facebook? Just uh, type in Stephen uh, Stephen Rochelle. Same thing that goes when you go to Instagram. And you know, make sure you guys are are, sh- are showing uh showing us love on on all the, all the platforms. Whatever your your particular. Uh, social media platform of poison is you know make sure you guys are checking us out make showing us love to, to the rest of the belly up guys as well all right two phillies guys you guys can go cry about all your misfortune now <laughs> thanks so much for spending some time with us appreciate it all right fellas thanks vince so, yeah all right there you go steven and dan appreciate them let's keep it rolling uh trying to keep it all on, on pace if we can next up is the AL Central, and our coverage of AL Divisions is presented by Mahler Bros Golf. I went golfing on Thursday, and, uh, you know, as I was trying to figure out what I was going to wear, I thought, I need some new golf shirts because the ones I have are the same ones I used to have, which tells you they fit a little snugger than they used to. So Mahler Bros Golf is the place to go. I got on their website, checked it out. Man, they've got loud shirts, or they've got your standard, uh, if you're more like me, quiet golf shirts as well. Uh, they also provide uh, uh, sleek-looking designs. They've got T-shirts, hats, tumblers, along with their polos as well. So go to MahlerBros.com, use the code BELLYUP. You're going to get 15% off your purchase. And let's welcome in our guest for the AL Central is Lou Gamlin. He is the host of the Captain Lou Extravaganza. Lou, how you doing, man? Hey, Vince. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on the show, man. How's everything going with you? Oh, man, I tell you, so excited. Uh, opening day is right around the corner. We're yeah. getting there. And you know what? You are a uh, unique um, situation here, Lou, because you're a Tigers fan. Um, now, granted, I'm not met a Tigers fan under 20 years old, um, but 
<laughs> but um, uh, my wife grew up near Detroit. Uh, okay. so she used to go to Tigers games and things like that as well. Um, but you just don't meet too many Tigers fans in the last couple of years because they haven't been as great in the last couple of years. But do you feel like they're turning things around or are you kind of waiting for that <clears throat> button to get pushed? Well, you know, Vince, I was thinking about this earlier today when I was saying, how am I going to start this off? And this Tiger team reminds me a little bit of the 2004 or 2005 Tigers where they were rock bottom mm -hmm. and they started getting some pieces. I don't see a Justin Verlander type like they had in 2006, but you know, I, I think that uh, they got a long ways to go last year. They had a, some expectations of maybe being a 500 team started out pretty good. And then that old injury bug hit, you know, we don't have Casey Mize. I don't know if he's going to be back this year. He was the prize that we we're supposed to have a couple of years ago. Watched right. him at West Michigan in the minors. He was great. You know, I'm thinking, you know, the future's bright. Tariq Skubal. I don't know when he's going to be back. They're saying he's starting to throw an house, maybe June, but our pitching staff isn't going to scare anybody. I don't think it's going to scare too many AAA teams. You know, <laughs> Matt Manning is good, but he's young. You know, Matthew Boyd is going to be one of our guys. We all know what happened with Eduardo Rodriguez last year, a big signing from the Braves. He had personal issues. I don't know if it was marital, something. He had to leave the country. He's our opening day starter. Um, things are thin right now in Detroit. You know, it's funny. I look at your hat. Yeah. I will always, um, Milwaukee's always going to have a place in my heart because that's where I went to see my first game as a kid back oh. in County Stadium in the 70s. Yeah. Um, I've got family that lives in Wisconsin. I was raised up in the UP, so I, I've i gone to my fair share of games at County Stadium, both uh, the Brewers and the Packers. Told you uh -huh. how long ago. <laughs> but, yeah, getting back to the Tigers, it's uh, it's going to be rough. You know, I love baseball. I'll be watching a lot of it this summer, and uh, I just hope they're competitive. You know, I, I have very low expectations. I really do. That's a good place to be, though, sometimes, because then it, it only it's only gets more positive as you go along. The Javi Baez thing just it, oh. it didn't work. Right. Is it is it going to ever work or is that old news? Well, you know, you saw a lot of him when he was with the Cubs mm -hmm. and he had what did he have one good year in Chicago? Yeah. Uh, and the, the thing that just just eats away at me was Carlos Correa wanted to come to Detroit last year wanted to play with A.J. Hinch, and Detroit could have had them both. Mm -hmm. I mean, they, you know, you, you look at what he signed with the White or with the Twins originally, right. and he had the out after one year. They could have had him and Baez. That could have been the middle of their infield. I am not a Javi Baez guy at all. I think he's, I think he's kind of a ham and egger. You know, yep. he strikes out a lot. He'll, he'll hit, a, you know, the occasional, you know, spree of home runs. And he's a good glove. I get, you know, but we need a guy that can get some hits, some home runs. Detroit doesn't have it. They, you know, I mean, they got to rely on, uh, on, you know, guys like Scope who, uh, okay. You know, uh, hopefully Riley Green can yeah. come through. Spencer Torkelson, you know, the, the hot shot pick they had a few years ago. Excited about him, but he kind of slumped. But Detroit had no choice events last year. They had to bring some of these guys up because we didn't have anything. You know, I love Cabrera. You know, he's done um, yeoman's work for Detroit, but his yeah. time has passed. He's got no power left. You see it. So, I don't know. It's 
Cabrera Baez stinks. I, I'm, I'm just, he's overpaid. Yeah. Cabrera to me kind of has that Yadier Molina feel from last year. Yeah. It's like, yeah. you can't, you can't tell him to leave because right. he is who he is. But at some point you hope that he realizes, yeah, this is, this has got to be the end. <laughs> it's got to yeah. be with him. He, I think he has come to the realization this will be his last year. You know, they gave him the key to the city in Lakeland uh, last week, which is really cool. Um, you know, I, for all he's done for Detroit, it's mostly been ups. He's had a couple of downs, which, you know, he had earlier in his career when he was younger. I would love for him to get hot, say, you know, around the all-star break. Let's say, you know, he finds a little bit of power. And I would love for a team to trade for him at the deadline so he could get one more chance to win a ring. You know, hmm. I, I don't care if it's even the Dodgers, God forbid. Or, you know, <laughs> let's say your Brewers are needing a bat. Yeah. You know, and I would love to see somebody pick him up just to give him a chance to go out on top because, you know, I, I just don't see it in Detroit. I really don't. So I'd love to see him have that. Yeah. It, it's going to be a rough one, I think, in Detroit this year. Spencer yeah. Torkelson, you mentioned he just he didn't do what they were hoping he would do, but he's young. He's got plenty yeah. of time to recover from that, come back mm-hmm. and do better. And you add, add Riley Green as well. And I'm for my fantasy baseball team, I'm hoping Riley Green goes off. <laughs> there you go. Um, but those are two young guys that are fun, and those are guys that bring people to the park. Uh, they get to see the young guys come through. You know, I was just thinking um, the Brewers, they got all these young outfielders. At, everybody thought they were going to make the opening day roster, and then they didn't. Um, they're going to go back to, and they could, but they're going to go to AAA. They'll be back up at some point in the season. Having the young guys, the prospects, these these guys that have all this potential, it does bring people to the ballpark. And Detroit, from what I understand, from what I've been told from my wife many times over, is a great <laughs> environment to go to a baseball game and uh, and a good things to watch with these young guys. Oh, she's right. Uh, I love going to Comerica Park. We, my wife and I, try to get down there at least once a year. Um, you know, we live in Lansing or Grand Ledge. So it's about hour and a half, you know, from, from the stadium. Uh, and it is a great environment. You know, the sight lines are awesome. Um, you know, they revitalized downtown Detroit. So, you know, all the stadiums are pretty much right there and there's great places to go eat, you know, and uh, another guy to watch, you know, is Austin Meadows. He had a bad year last year. He had some personal right. issues and he got hurt. I think he got sick. Uh, you know, he got, they got him from Tampa and he started out great, but then, you know, the injury bug and the illness and all that, um, he's going to be one I think is going to be help step up for him. But, you know, yeah, it's we're, – we're two to three years away. And, you know, and A.J. Hinch, to me, I think he's got some something to prove. Sure. And I know he, had, he, had, he had a great run in Houston, you know, albeit it was tarnished with the cheating scandal. Mm-hmm. But – I, you know, I, I'm glad they got him, and I still hold out hope. But I think after Dombrowski left, uh, Al Avila came in and just, you know, burnt the place to the ground, basically. And we got we paid for it. And, you know, hopefully things can turn around soon because it's a shame. We got rabid fans. You know, I was I was watching your Philly guys, and I'll tell you what, they can be all woe as me as they want. I would gladly trade losing in the Super Bowl or losing in the World Series to finish in. 66 and 96 every year for the past five years. <laughs> I hear that. I hear that. Uh, who do you think in the in the division and the whole AL Central, who do you think had the best offseason? Because it was kind of a quiet offseason for yeah. the division as a whole. 
Well, I think right off the top, you got to say the Twins getting Korea. I love it. You know, I just, I love that. It it just, I kind of watched it. I wasn't 100% watching it all the time. You know, I know he had the injury, uh, I want to say scare, but, you know, they shied away in San Francisco. That was really weird. And then New York went to swoop in to get him, and then they backed off. And then Minnesota had different doctors or whatever. But I think right there, that's big. Um, And, you know, Kansas City really didn't do anything. You know, I don't, you're right. It's been a quiet off season in the American league central. And I, I just, I got to say Korea sticking with the twins. That's huge. Cause I, I like their lineup this year yeah. in the, in the central. And uh, so I'd have to go with the twins. I'm really big on the white Sox this year. I think okay. they're getting overlooked by a lot of people. Um, part of it is just guys, you know, injury issues they've had several times over, um, they didn't do a whole lot to add. They added Benintendi, which I think is a I like that for them. Yeah. Um, but I just think there's those are guys that if they actually do what they're potentially could do, they're going to be a really good team. They got the manager thing sit- situated now, and that was a big yeah. problem for them last yeah. year. Right. Um, and then they got a I got a decant rotation too. Dylan Cease, they uh, Lance Lynn, and then they added Clevenger, who's had some off the field issues as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but if he comes out and pitches like he can, even at 32, um, he can give them something as well. So I, I kind of like the White Sox, I think, as as a team that that improved quietly over the offseason. But you're right, Minnesota being able to keep uh, Correa in, in the house is, is a big deal uh, for them. Um, who's most likely to win the division? I mean, Cleveland's the front runner, uh, and they won it last year as well. So is that is that where you'd lean? You know what? I'm going with the Twins. Okay. I, yeah, I I like I, I look at this lineup. You know, with uh, Correa and Buxton and Kepler and Polanco. You know, their pitching staff. Obviously, you could say this about any team, Vince. If they stay healthy, they're going to be good. I mean, right. you know, it's a long season. You're going to have injuries. I just I like the talent. I love the bats. Yeah, you, and I think they got quality pitching. I, you know, we'll talk about the over under in a little bit. I'm sure, but I just. I could see Minnesota in the, with playing in this division winning anywhere from 88 to 90 games. And I think that's going to be enough to win this division. I, you know, Chicago, I, I think they're right around 84, 85 and Cleveland, you know, I, they got great pitching, I, you know, and of course they've got, uh, you know, they got Jose Ramirez who, you know, he had a great year last year. I just, I don't know if they got the sticks that the twins have. And I just think the twins are to me a little more balanced. So that's where I'm, that's where I'm leaning. I like it. Now, Byron Buxton, he's not played a hundred games <laughs> uh, except for once in his career, 2017. Fair. Uh, last year he played 92. So he almost got to a hundred games. <laughs> Byron Buxton. And then again, now a lot of my baseball analysis comes from the fantasy aspect of things. So mm-hmm. I see Byron Bucks and I go, oh, I can't draft that guy because he's not going to play. And so it automatically puts me very negative on him as a whole. Fair but, enough. But if he does stay healthy, and I think, you know, when we got some of the rule changes and things like that, that could benefit some of these guys um, as well. And and you're right. Their pitching staff, they got a good pitching staff. Um, yeah. too. I, I think there's a lot of good things that come uh, from Minnesota. The addition of Pablo Lopez is, is I think, a great I addition. like that, too. Great point. Uh, and if Sonny Gray can can get close to form, uh, you know they, they got some things that can happen there uh, and can be good as well. Let's get to the win totals here in the AL Central. 
Uh, let me see if I can find them. Uh, so Kansas City is is projected last in the division, 68 and a half wins. I know a lot of people are big on Kansas City because they got some young talent, but their pitching staff is horrible. That is- uh, where do you sit at 68 and a half with Kansas City? I'm going under. I'm saying 65. I got them at 65 and 97. Okay. I just I'm with you. I their pitching staff. If it, if there's one that may be a little bit worse than Detroit's, <laughs> I think it might be theirs. And you know, they're gonna have you know, they're from Missouri, right? The show yep. me state. They're gonna have to show me because I don't see it. <laughs> uh right above them is Detroit. 69 and a half wins. They had 66 last year. Yeah. Uh how do you feel about that one? I, I think it's spot on. I I won't. I'm not I, I don't I'm not putting any money on that one. I think I could see Detroit go for anywhere from 58 to 72. I really you know it if they can get Scooble back in the rotation and if Manning can stay healthy and there's potential there, that ugly word, but I I, I could see him right at 70. So I say that's right on. I would push 70, 69. Yeah. Uh Minnesota, uh not getting any respect. They're 82 and a half. Uh, so it sounds like you'd be over pretty hard on that one. I am. Yeah. I've already put a few shackles on that one on the over. Yeah. That to me, I was watching you. That's right up there with the Red Sox. I, those are two that I've put the over money on. I'm bullish with Minnesota. I like it. Uh, as my, my friend says a little pizza money, uh, there you go. I like Um, it. Uh, yeah, white Sox are at 84 and a half. Uh, again, this team that's kind of floating to me, that's their, that's their range is, is right there in the eighties. How do you feel about that one? You know, I'm saying 85, 84 wins. I'd call it a push. Yeah, that's pretty close. And you you know, you bring up some valid points earlier in our conversation. I, I, I gotta say that's, that's about right. 84. Yeah. I I could see that. And they'd be sniffing wild card at that. Yeah. Too. I think they'd be happy if they're in that mid to upper 80s sure. as well. Um, and then that brings us to Cleveland. They're they're at 87 and a half. They were at 92 wins last year. Uh, you know, again, that's close. I would tend to say maybe a little under. Okay. I think maybe an 85 win team, 84, 85 right there. I just think, you know, it's every year. Minnesota, again, going back to them for just a second. There's one of those teams that you're just waiting for them to get 96 wins. And I think that would take some away from Cleveland, but we all know pitching wins, but I, I, I just don't see it. I, I'm going to say 84 and 78. So a little bit under. So last year on the fantasy baseball show, we always, we talked about this division. It seemed like almost the entire season because it was always up for grabs. Yeah. Eventually Cleveland pulled away, but for a while there, I mean, Minnesota was on top. And then they dropped down and Chicago was there. And then Cleveland took the lead and kind of held on to it. But it's going to be, I think, a wide open division for those top three teams uh, this year as well. Agreed. Yeah, I think it's from a fan's perspective and and we're, you know, in in the central division, you know, we're not going to get much love on either coast because, you know, the Dodgers and the Yankees and the Red Sox and the Phillies and justifiably so. Don't get me wrong. But I think it's going to be a fun division to watch, just like your division over in the National League. Definitely. Uh, tell the people about the Captain Lou extravaganza. Well, thank you. Yeah, we're on Wednesday nights. Uh, 
at seven o'clock Eastern time live um, on the Captain Lou Sports Network on Twitter, powered up by Belly Up Sports. Um, we're wrapping up what uh, our kind of a side uh, podcast called the ACHA Power Play, which is the American Collegiate Hockey Association. We had our national tournament last week and it was an absolute success. So we're going to do that uh, episode tomorrow night and then we're going to wrap up the season with that next week. But then we get back to talking uh, baseball the hockey, everything, everything you want to talk about at Cornucopia. And it's usually about from seven to about eight 30. We get guests every week and it's a lot of fun. And I invite you to check it out again. That's on the captain Lou sports network on YouTube. And uh, we're powered up by belly up sports. I love it. I, I actually played club hockey in Southern Wisconsin uh, in okay. college and Watertown, Wisconsin. So, uh, uh, but I was not great. I'm from Tennessee. I was not great, but I played club hockey. So I just tell people I played hockey in Wisconsin. Oh. Everybody thinks it's great. You, Vince, <laughs> I got to tell you, we were in Boston for the national tournament last weekend, and there was 78 teams there and all five divisions. And in Division One men's, they've already had, I think, five that have signed minor league contracts. So oh, it's, wow. they're getting bigger. and it, yeah. it, It's awesome. I love it. Uh, Lou, I appreciate your time. Uh, good luck to you as a Tigers fan this Thank season. You. <laughs> and uh, we'll, we'll try to chat with you throughout the season as well. Right on, Vince. Love to have you on my show sometime too. Thank you for the opportunity. Yes, sir. Have a good one. All right, there you go. Lou Gamlin from the Captain Lou Extravaganza. I find them uh, there on the Belly Up Sports Network. All right, we're going to take a shift in our talk, take a quick, brief break away from the divisions, and we're going to talk what's going on with the injuries in the Major League Baseball world. And so we bring on our injury professional from the Injured List podcast. He's the host, Brian Scott. Let me get the right screen here. There it is. Hey, Brian, how you doing? Whew, technical difficulties. I apologize. That's okay. Is it, do you hear that? Is that the seventh inning stretch? I yes, it is. All right. Uh, is that what we're doing here? The seventh. Yeah. Inning? <laughs> oh, I think it's a good segue into the injury segment. What do you think? You always got to stretch. I was told that it's a very important yes, part of very any important. sports. Uh, In fact, uh, the players we have on this list probably didn't do enough of that. And that's why they're on there. That's so, why they're here. Brian uh, is uh, top notch when it comes to injuries and breaking down what's going on uh, with years of experience as a trainer and uh, working in different different aspects with that. We love having him to talk about these things. Um, he's got his own his own podcast, the Injury List Podcast, but you can also catch him on a ton of belly up stuff uh, as he jumps on and talks with a lot of fantasy shows as well talking the, the injury so let's talk about some of these injuries um that uh, that we've kind of talked about off the air as well i want to start with the pitchers though i threw you a couple of names rodon is the guy carlos rodon he's yankees big acquisition of the offseason gets injured you know and now he's he's gonna miss some time um yes. so not only how much time is he gonna miss but when he comes back how effective is he gonna be well, so they're not giving a timetable as to when he's going to return. And this is um, uh, certainly understandable given the nature of his injury, which is a forearm flexor tendon injury. You know, uh, you hear about this uh, immediate concern comes in that could it be an ulnar collateral ligament, um, which is notoriously injured in baseball pitchers and something that they don't mess around with. So they, they shut him down for a little while. It sounds like he did a little bit of bullpen um, sessions uh, just the other day, did about 30 pitches in a bullpen session and felt pretty good. He's not going to be traveling back to New York, however, uh, for the start of the season. He'll remain in spring training while he'll be doing some rehab. 
So I think it's still going to be a few more weeks out. I think he's going to need to at least get a simulated inning, possibly some minor league time at the spring training facility before we see him back up in New York pitching in the cold weather and stressing that elbow in a, in a start. So um, my guess is anywhere between two to four more weeks, but you know, that really hinges on how quickly he's able to get through his rehab and get back on the mound um, in live pitching mode. Do you think at the end of the day, it's going to be worth the signing? Yeah. I mean, assuming he doesn't have any setbacks and there's no, nothing major going on in that elbow that concerns them about a ligament injury. uh, I think it'll pan out for the remainder of the year. Um, you know, you see injuries like this pop up in spring training, depending on the guy's offseason schedule. If they haven't done a lot of throwing, sometimes it's just some muscle or tendon soreness, nothing structural wrong. So we'll have to see how it plays out. But uh, I think, you know, if everything bodes well and he's healthy, um, it should be a great signing for the Yankees. Uh, another guy's Joe Musgrove, San Diego. Um, San Diego's done so much to build this team to be a team that can push for a World Series. They've got other guys, Tatis, who's out with suspension and things like that also. Um, but once they're at full strength, they should be incredibly tough. What do you, what do you see about Musgrove's injury and the expectations for him? Yeah. So, um, you know, in my podcast, I used to do a segment called, um, the Throckmorton sign injury of the week. And what that was is, you know, if you don't know what the Throckmorton sign is, you got to look it up. It's a okay. satirical medical term, but basically it's a guy who gets injured, not on the field of play, but rather under some unusual circumstance and Musgrove would have qualified to be an injury of the week in that segment because he dropped a kettlebell on his toe, thus causing a fracture of his great toe. Luckily for him, it was on his lead foot, not his back foot. Those tend to heal pretty well and pretty quickly without any major issues. sounds like he avoided anything serious, like an open toe wound or anything like that. Uh, They're predicting that he's going to be back. I think April 14th, which is right around four weeks from the injury. And I don't see this causing any major long-term issues, assuming that he's feeling good and it hasn't thrown off his mechanics. Because as we all know, or as we should know, baseball pitching starts from the ground up, um, which is why pitchers focus a lot on leg training and cardiovascular conditioning. You need to be able to have a stable base uh, to which you need to push off and pitch off of. So as long as uh, that toe is not nagging him and he's able to get back on the mound, it's his lead foot. I don't think he'll pose any major issues, but it's going to be a few more weeks before we see him. Yeah. Now, when I look at injuries, my biggest concern is for fantasy baseball. I'm always trying to figure out, okay, if I got a, got a guy that's going to be out for a while, I got to have the heads up on him so I can get him at the right time. Tyler Glasnow is that way with Tampa. Um, what do you see about him? And, and again, the kind of the impact of his injury versus when he can get back on the field. So unfortunately for him, he's been dealing with a lot of stuff over the last few years. He had Tommy John back in 2021, I believe, then had an ankle issue, had some uh, an arthroscopic procedure and some loose bodies removed from the ankle joint last year. So he's been dealing with a, a myriad of stuff that's kept him off the mound, unfortunately. Uh, apparently he's been throwing on a flat ground. I think about 75 feet was his last session. And this is all because of an oblique strain. It has nothing to do with his lower extremity. has nothing to do with his elbow. So um, dealing with a core injury, which, again, in the baseball mechanic world, is very important. So you don't want to treat that uh, too aggressively. Um, it sounds like he's going to be missing between eight, six to eight weeks was the original report. Um, and they did get an MRI, which confirmed the diagnosis. So they're saying that likely return would be sometime early May. And I think that's probably on point. Okay. Um, I wouldn't expect him back too much sooner when it comes to oblique injuries. Those are very easily aggravated. And with the pitcher, because of the mechanics, 
you got to be really careful to make sure that they're as close to 100%. And he hasn't even thrown off a mound yet. So that's going to be the real true test is once he gets back on the mound and starts throwing at full velocity. I draft and stashed him in one league already. So I'm hoping hoping it's uh, early May versus June. <laughs> <For him. laughs> uh, let's go to the uh, other side of the field. Uh, two, first, two second basemen. Altuve, of course, with the injury during the World Baseball Classic. Jorge Polanco, another guy that's dealing with injury as well at, at second base. So what can you say about these two guys? Well, uh, two, Altuve is an is a unfortunate uh, circumstance there. You know, I think the World Baseball Classic this year was probably one of the best we've seen in a long time. Some great storylines coming out of it. Unfortunately, he was one of the casualties uh, suffering a thumb fracture after getting hit by a pitch while playing for his home country, Venezuela. Uh, unfortunately, even more so, he needed surgery to fix it, and that's going to keep him out. At least six weeks is my prediction. It depends what they had to do to treat the fracture surgically. So he's probably going to be able to come back and swing a bat before he's probably able to throw is my prediction because this is his throwing hand. And the big issue is going to be grasping. Um, You can bat with a protective covering. You can make some cushions and pads that you can hold onto on the bat to, to be able to grip the barrel better. Um, but throwing the ball, you really can't put anything between your hand and the ball to provide cushion. So I think we might see him get some time at bat before he has them in the field. Um, but it's going to be at, at least, in my prediction, at least six weeks, um, possibly longer, depending on what they had to do surgically. What about Polanco? So Polanco is dealing with like about a tendonitis um, in his uh, knee that forced him out uh, the end of uh, the last month of last season, unfortunately. So he's been dealing with this for quite a while. I'm not sure what types of treatments he had, but at some point, if all these treatments fail, surgery could be a real option to go in and clean out whatever inflamed tendon is irritating his knee. My guess is is that it's one of the um, knee tendons in the front of the knee, your patellar tendon. But usually these are chronic and, and not acute, and they can usually be managed with um, rehab and treatments and activity modification, probably looking at something he's doing and training-wise and maybe altering what he's doing. But um, he has some setbacks in the Grapefruit League. It's not looking good. But they're they're saying that he's probably going to suit up um, these last couple of games in the spring training and hopefully be ready by uh, opening day. We're running past on time because our Phillies guys talk too much. But um, <laughs> uh, we had Franco and Hoskins. Franco's a short-term thing. Hoskins a yeah. long-term thing. Yeah. I'm going to pass on them. But let's talk about Jordan Alvarez. Um, he's an important piece of the Astros. Um, but dealing with, it seems like this, this nagging kind of situation. Yeah. Some, some weird kind of, uh, injury, some hand soreness they're describing, um, no, uh, specific injury per se. Um, and apparently uh, when he, when this bothered him last year, it was in both hands, not just one. So not sure what's really going on with him. It's kind of a vague uh, situation. They haven't really provided much details or any diagnostic, uh, um, information for me to go off of, um, it sounds like it could just be um, nothing serious, but maybe more mental and physical. I don't know at this point. It's hard to say. Very, very well could be. Asaya Suzuki is an interesting one. He's with the Cubs. Um, and, uh, you know, there's, he's kind of a, a question mark when you look into the season as far as his what, how's he going to do in the major leagues and, and all those kinds of things. But he's dealing with injury now, too. So what do you, what do you know about Suzuki? Yeah, he's coming back from an, from, a, from an oblique strain as well, uh, similar to what uh, Glasgow's dealing with. Um, he's making probably better progress. He's actually been sw- taking some batting practice and swinging pretty, the bat pretty well, according to all reports. Sounds like he's going to be ready for uh, opening day. 
Very good. Brian, tell the folks where they can find you. Like I said, you're you're kind of everywhere these days, but uh, where can I they am. find you at? Yeah, I mean, with all these sports going on, NHL, NBA, MLB starting next week, and uh, and you know, football draft coming up, I'm kind of been bouncing around all over the Belly Up Network, uh, doing some stuff for everybody. Um, I'll be doing the NFL draft thing with Dan Mater over at NBA's Fantasy Football in April uh, for the draft. So you want to tune in for that? It's going to be a huge show, similar to our baseball show here tonight. And then, um, you know, I'll I'll be putting updates on social media when uh, injury information hits the scenes. Um, the podcast has been kind of put on the back burner a little bit just because the NFL is on quiet. And uh, most of the stuff I get asked to do nowadays is um, just to kind of pop in and do some injury updates. But you can always check on the, the website for old uh, episodes uh, that cover a lot of different injuries. Um, you can find me at theinjuredlist.com and my website and contact me there if you have any questions. And uh, find me on the Belly Up Network is where you'll see me pop up sporadically and sometimes unannounced. <laughs> yeah, and you've got you on your your injured list podcast. You got some great interviews on there as well, yep. past interviews people can go back and listen to yep. also. And hopefully uh, we'll be talking to you throughout the baseball season on the Sports Stove Fantasy Baseball Show. Um, also. Oh yeah, we'll have uh, we'll have plenty of baseball stuff. I'm gonna be lining up uh, an interview with a uh, former uh, major league or minor league yeah. baseball pitcher who never quite got into the big show, but uh, dealing with injury stuff. And we're gonna we're gonna get him on the show and talk to him about some stuff uh, soon here. So stay tuned for that. Very good, Brian Scott from the Injured List Podcast and Belly Up Sports. Brian, uh, thanks so much, man. We always appreciate your expertise. Uh, my pleasure. Let's play some ball, huh? <laughs> I love the music. Thanks, Brian. <laughs> All right. That's Brian Scott again from the Belly Up Sports Network, uh, and he is there. It's time to get to my favorite uh, MLB division, the NL Central. Our National League Division Breakdowns is presented by Righteous Felon Jerky. As I told you before, I've got my favorite flavor right here, Baby Blues Barbecue uh, from RighteousFelon.com. I ordered it. I used the code BELLYUP. I got 15% off my purchase, and you can do the same thing. RighteousFelon.com, promo code BELLYUP, 15% off your jerky purchase. And let's bring in our guest uh, here. He is from the BellyUpFantasySports.com, and he is, I got to click the right thing, Chase Thornton. Chase, man, how you doing? Pretty good. How you doing tonight, Vince? I am doing great, and I'm excited. I can take the rest of the time and just talk Milwaukee with you, uh, both yeah, Brewers right. fans. So we, we, as far as I know, the only two in the network. Um, we had a Tigers fan on earlier. There's only two or three of those in the network. So yeah, Cap Blue's good for that. Yeah, he's, he he's a Detroit guy that. through and through. So and our boy Mike, uh, co-founder of Belly Ups, a Detroit fan too. Yeah, um, but I wouldn't let him on the show. So. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding, of course. Let's talk some Brewers. Uh, I mentioned this, I think it was with Lou, that the Brewers have these young outfielders that look like yeah. they were going to make the opening day roster and Freilich and Weimer, and neither one of them did. I understand it. It makes sense to some degree, but it kind of felt like we were building up this excitement for these young guys, and then, yeah, never mind. Yeah, um, a lot of like you said, a lot of people thought Weimer would make. A lot of people thought Sal Freilich would make it. Uh, Freilich played in the World Baseball Classic there, and, and uh, you know Garrett Mitchell obviously had his cup of coffee la last year at the end of the season. Actually played pretty well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it was looking like a youth movement in the Milwaukee outfield, and actually their top four prospects, yeah, are all outfielders yeah. if you include Jackson Churio too. Yeah. So uh, he's topping out a double A or he might make triple A this year, but he won't be, he won't be called up this year, but it really did look like it was going to be a youth movement. And then they kind of pulled the rug out from under everybody. Um, I've got to think that the biggest reason for that, I mean, with, with it, with them expecting that 
Tyrone Taylor was going to come into the season and with them hoping he would be healthy to start the year. Um, I think they were hoping that they could just set their infield up with Anderson at third and try Rios at second. But then when they brought Terang up mm-hmm. to play second, the infield shuffling kind of necessitated Brian Anderson, one of their uh, big acquisitions this off season uh, play in the outfield. And I think they, they like to, they really like to construct their roster with versatile guys. Sure. Craig council. And, and this was, this was a, a Stearns thing uh, before obviously he left or not, didn't leave, but he's not the general manager anymore, but uh, Arnold kind of followed right in the footsteps and they've put a lot of Swiss army knife types on this, on this team that can play around the infield can play some outfield can even be options that designated hitter. If you want to, you know, depending on what side of the plate you want to stack your lineup. But I think that that shuffling in the infield was what kind of unfortunately forced out uh, for sure Weimer and Freilich, but it wouldn't surprise me if we see them up here at some point this season. At yeah, all. I, I, and I'm contacting all, I grew up in middle Tennessee, so I'm contacting all my friends that I said, you got to go to some Nashville minor league right. games because they are loaded and there's yeah. some guys that you're going to be seeing in the majors very, very soon. So go catch as many games in Nashville as you can. Um, first base has been a struggle for the Brewers for several years now. Telez had his best season uh, last year. They bring in Luke Voigt, uh, who beats out Keston Hero, which to me is no surprise. Uh, but uh, And I like Voigt. I think it's a good addition. Uh, again, he's a, a right-handed guy where you get Telez as, as bats lefty. So you get that mixture there, That those two guys going. They don't give you much anywhere else. Uh, they should hit for power and play first base. That's pretty much all they do. So you have yeah. all that versatility, <laughs> except for that spot. But that's okay. You can If you got that much versatility, you can afford to have uh, two massive first basemen over right. there. Are, are you happy with the Luke Voigt signing and, and with him and Telez kind of taking it, it? It's kind of funny. I think Telez, um, you know, it, it, by this point in this offseason, it's cliche to say, but I think Telez will benefit from the shift going away. Um Obviously he's not, I mean, he never was a runner anyway. So if he doesn't have to try and like sprint and beat a throw from shallow right field, uh, good for him. But um, ironically, like, yeah, Luke Voigt, how many times say two, three years ago, when, as we've been searching for a first baseman ever since pretty much Prince Fielder, mm-hmm. how many times in the last couple of years did Voigt's name come up as somebody, oh, the Brewers might target him, Brewers yeah. might target him. Now they finally got him. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I do. I like it. And, you know, it, it, yeah, he's, he's opposite side of the plate from Rowdy. He has a little bit, he's, he's not a strong platoon, strict platoon candidate. He's got soft splits against, against the opposite arm, but um, I, I do like it. I do. I, I like it just because, I mean, we're, we're two years, well, two and a half almost now, but from his monster year in the shortened year, yeah, he could still hit the ball, you know, from Arizona to Milwaukee. <laughs> and uh and like you said he's i mean we'll see how often he actually has to play we'll see how often he dhs we'll see what they try to do with winker um if they actually try to make winker use a glove at some point um but i do i do i like what their first base situation is now i like it better this year than i've liked it in a lot for a long time the idea of using keston Hira at first base when he's only a little bit taller than i am uh i'm five five <laughs> I mean, he's not a ton bigger than I am no. and he's not a great fielder. Right. Uh, yeah. The idea of that plus his bat has just gone absolutely backwards 
since yeah. that phenomenal rookie year that he had. Um, however, he cleared waivers today. I don't know if you saw that. I hope you saw yeah. that. Yeah. He cleared waivers today. So he, it looks like they'll be able to hang on to him and maybe he can get things right. He's one of those guys here is one of those guys that every time he goes down to the minor leagues, he rakes down there. Yep. They bring him up and he absolutely kills the ball for about a week and a half. Yeah. And then, and then collapses again. And then you start the cycle over again. Yeah. But I, I like first base with Telez and Void. I like it much better than I like it with any combination that involves Hero right now. Sure. Now, the biggest question is Yelich, because, I mean, we talked about the fantasy draft the other night. You know, Yelich, Bellinger, and and Stanton were guys that three years ago everybody was dying to have. Right. And just, I mean, and I still like Christian Yelich. I still think he provides value, just not for the the contract that he has. No, then that's therein lies the rub. Yeah. Yeah. So are we going to see him make any kind of comeback towards that, or are we going to be trading him away in the next year? Uh, you know, honestly, I don't think they'll be trading him away because I don't know that they'll find anybody who will want to take that unless he returns to that form that he had two, three years ago. And yeah. if he returns to that form of two, three years ago, they're not going to want to trade him. <laughs> yeah. In all likelihood, right? This is a team that doesn't. Um, They've, they've adopted this new philosophy in the last decade or so of not trying to tear it all down, hmm. of trying to kind of rebuild on the fly and always stay competitive, which why couldn't we have done that for 30 years prior? But, uh, you know, if, if, if they think they've got a shot at some things, they don't want to offload all the time. And right. Christian Yelich is going to be tough to offload with that contract unless he returns to that previous form. Now, he's hit pretty well this, this preseason. I mean, he's, he's looking... Yeah. You know, like you said, he looks like he can add some value and he has added value. Statistically, he's added value. He's been, you know, he's been above replacement level, even on in these terrible years that he's had. Problem is he is so, so stratospheric for that two year stretch there, right after they signed him or right after they traded for him that, I mean, anything short of that, people are going to see as a, as a complete and total disappointment. Speaking of disappointments, uh, how about the Brewers front office and Corbin Burns? Um, they totally shaft Burns this year. They've been in arbitration, but uh, ultimately it means Burns is is almost done as a Brewer. Um, a great staff, I think. I love Burns, Woodruff, and Peralta. Peralta can stay healthy. Lauer's fine. I uh, don't love Wade Miley in that rotation, but... Uh, I like what we have at the bullpen that can pick them up and, and everything as well. So ultimately I look at this pitching staff and I think I, I kind of like it overall and Burns, if Burns and Woodruff can be what Burns and Woodruff can be, and the Brewers should be right there at the top of the NL central and have opportunity in the postseason. Yeah. I don't see any, any reason why those two wouldn't either. I mean, they've, they've been able to stay, I won't even say it, but uh, they've been able to pitch every time they've been called on. We will say for the most part. And uh, I mean, they both just have such good stuff. They're both such fierce competitors. I mean, if, if you remember back to Woodruff in that, that playoff series against the Dodgers and I mean, just they're both such fierce competitors. I don't see any problems with them. I think Peralta is kind of a linchpin of the whole thing because if Peralta can be what, what Peralta can be. Yeah. Now you're talking about a top three that nobody wants to see in a, in a series postseason series. Um, and then, you know, you back that up with Lauer who had a good season last year and is, um, yeah, like you said, is fine. And he's our number, number four guy, probably nominally. I don't know. I'd like to see them maybe split him and Miley up in the rotation, but that means pushing Peralta back to the fourth spot. Right. Um, 
the Brewers typically tend to try and use six guys anyway. They don't try to, they don't stick to that straight every five day rotation that some teams do, but their, their options are a little shorter, unfortunately. Yeah, well, they got With the injuries to Ashby and Hauser. And yeah. Yeah. So yeah. good thing they made that big off season pickup for Wade. Miley. <laughs> That's right. Again. Yeah. Yeah. Stellar move. Who made the best off season? Who had the best off season for the NL central? To me, it's the Cubs. I, I like what they did. Well, they definitely brought in, they made the biggest splash, brought in the best player with Dansby Swanson. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they made the biggest addition. Um, I don't think the Brewers did all that bad, even no. though they didn't bring in anybody that everybody's like, yeah, shooting the lights out for. You knew they weren't, they're not going to be in on the, the big name shortstops, right? Which doesn't bode well for Adamas in a year or two here. Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, it, they brought in guys that they can plug in and use. And some guys that if they hit just right, and I mean hit as in like the bet hits, yeah. they'll be fine. But yeah, Chicago, I mean, yeah, especially bringing in Swanson like that. They brought in Tyon, and th- so they've got a, a good, solid guy to plug into that rotation now. Um, we'll see what Suzuki does. We'll see if Bellinger can bounce back. Uh, I agree with you. I think they had, they had a stellar offseason as well. They I mean, they're going to have six or seven new guys in their <laughs> lineup this year. Yeah. Swanson's the big one. Mancini comes over. Bellinger, if he can find, just like Yelich, if he can find anything like he used to do, uh, would be a help. Hosmer, Hosmer. you know, he he has a role. And Tucker Barnhart at catcher. I actually like Tucker Barnhart. Um, He's a downgrade from what they had, but um, I like that he can be there. I I don't like their pitching, um, and I think that's what's going to ultimately kill them, uh, which I'm perfectly fine with Chicago not doing well. Uh, yeah, I won't be crying for that. My biggest and and hey, one of our offseason losses in Milwaukee was another one of their under the radar but good pickups in Boxberger. Boxberger has been oh, a yeah, foundational piece of that Milwaukee bullpen for a couple of years now, and uh, them bringing him in, I think, will will help them out, especially if Fulmer proves he can't handle the closers role. So, yeah, let's look at some win totals in the Central. Um, Cincinnati. I think they're going to be one of the worst teams in the league this year, although they've got some pitching prospects or young pitchers that could could boost them a little bit. But they're at 64 and a half. Are you going to, going to go over or under 64 and a half? I'll go under on that. I, yeah. think they're, I think they're a century loss team again. They were at 62. Yeah, 62 and 100 last year. I think they're going to go over, but not by a whole lot. Um, 64 and a half is probably the right, in that right range. Uh, Pittsburgh, they're getting some respect and I don't get it. Uh, 67 and a half. I mean, I know that they got some good young guys, but they won 62 games last year. They're saying they're going to be five games better this year. I don't see it. What about you? I'd call it somewhere in between there. I think like you said, I mean, there's a reason that people in Vegas are setting these lines and you and I are talking about them, right? They know what they're doing. Yeah. Uh, 67 and a half. Yeah. I'd probably go a little bit under that, but I think they will be better than Cincinnati. I just think Cincinnati is, they're tough to look at. That's a, that's a hundred loss team. I think, yeah, they've got some young, exciting, kind of exciting or promising pitching prospects. Yeah. Then Pittsburgh has the opposite thing going on. All of their exciting youth is on the field. Yeah. Uh, O'Neill Cruz and, and obviously Cabrian Hayes that they've seen. I mean, they've got some fun, fun youth there if they can put it together. I mean, this isn't a team that's going to challenge for a wild card, even in the best circumstance this year, but they should be firmly in fourth between Chicago and Cincinnati, I would think. So I'd, yeah, go, I'd go a little under 67. I don't think Cincinnati would be as bad as Washington, but they're going to be bad. We know, we know that much. Yeah. They're uh, going to try their hardest for it though. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, Chicago's at 77 and a half. They won 74 games last year. I think they're they're a fair amount better than they were last year. I still don't think they're contenders, mm-hmm. but I think they're they're definitely better than they were last year. I think they're a little over that. I think they hover right around 500. I have them pegged for about 80. About 80 wins, I think, is just about right. And that's the kind, again, we've kind of been talking about it, but it's a team that with the additions that they made, they should be a better lineup. Yeah. If their pitching holds up at all, even, uh, it wouldn't be a shock to see them clear 500. And if you can clear 500, you're in the mix in September, which is all anybody can ask for. Milwaukee's at 85 and a half. That's down. They were at 86 last year. I think they're better. Uh, they had that fall off last year after the hater trade, which was uh, right. a brutal decision. Uh, well, I, I don't think trading him was the wrong thing. I think not telling the players they were going to trade him was the wrong right. thing to do. Uh, but Snagging anyway, it on everybody as they walk into the ballpark, by the yeah. way, guys. Yeah. 85 and a half for Milwaukee. Go over or under. I'll actually, I will go over on that one. I yeah. will go over on that one. I, I see them. I see them right on St. Louis's heels for the division. I agree. St. Louis is at 89 and a half. They had 93 wins last year. Uh, Goldschmidt and Arenado coming off the World Baseball Classic. They upgrade at catcher this year um, over Yadier Molina from last year at the very least. Uh, yeah. To Contreras, I think that was a great move on their part. Their pitching staff is the same as it was last year. So not bad, not great at the same time, in my opinion. Uh, but 89 and a half, you go over or under. I'll actually go slightly over because I think 90 wins takes the division, and I think they're a 90-win-ish team. With yeah, their, yeah I, I'm, I'm with you. I don't trust their pitching. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, Goldschmidt and Arnauer are just so damn good. But, you know, if anybody falters in that in that lineup, then, you yeah. know, then they won't be quite the juggernaut that I think they believe they are. I agree with, you, with Contreras at catcher. Um, they're Contreras at catcher. Yeah. Um, because as, as beloved as Yadier Molina was, he, he was not the same player offensively that he, you know, he hadn't been that same player for a while. Yeah. Pujol so, showed up, but Molina did not. <laughs> and, you know, and as much as I hate to, you know, respect anything about the Cardinals, what a great story that was. It was for yeah. him to come on like that and have an abs. I mean, going out on top. He yeah. looked like Albert Pujols again, and he hadn't looked like Albert Pujols since he caught that first plane out of St. Louis. Yep, I agree. Good for yeah. him. Good for him and good for them. Chase, tell the folks where they can catch you at. I know you were with the, you'll tell them, but Belly Up Fantasy uh, <laughs> Dynasty Football uh, Show, and 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 you got a lot of articles going out too. Yep. You can find me over there, like you said, at bellyupfantasysports.com. Um, I'll be writing some Dynasty uh, Fantasy Football and and some articles uh, you're previewing what teams need here running up to the draft, um, maybe some player profiles and that. So check me out over there. Check out all the other stuff that's going on over there at bellyupfantasysports.com as we uh, head up to opening day here in less than 48 hours. Um, there's a lot of stuff going on, Ian Lemersall and, and Kevin and, and the whole gang. Um, other than that, you can find me on Twitter, as it says there, at STTChaseFFB. Uh, I'll give my thoughts on there on signings as they happen. And during the draft, I will be actually on the belly up uh, sports uh, draft coverage show. So you can find me there too, given my opinions on that. Uh, And yeah, that's what I got going on every Sunday. Like you said, 10 o'clock AM central, 11 AM Eastern. Uh, You can find me on the belly up fantasy live show. Generally Kevin Wilson's there with me as well. And uh, occasionally other guests as well. There's big changes coming for that in the future too. So stay tuned. 
Awesome. And Chase has joined the Belly Up Fantasy Baseball League this year. Uh, so, again, yeah. you can, we, we'll talk to him throughout the season on the Sports Stove Fantasy Baseball Show as well. Uh, but, Chase, hey, it's fun talking to a fellow Brewers fan. Uh, <laughs> we'll catch you throughout the year. But uh, thanks a lot for coming on, and uh, let's go Brewers, right? Yeah, definitely go Brewers. Good to All see right, you. We'll, we'll see you. All right, there you go, Chase Thornton, again, from BellyUpFantasySports.com. We're going to keep it moving. we got two West divisions to go. We'll start with the AL West and our AL division breakdown is presented by MahlerBros.com. Uh, are your polos getting outdated and dingy? Well, it's time to get some new ones. That'll make you stand out on the course. You need the Mahler Bros Golf Signature Polos. Their polos are comfortable, slim fit. That will make you look and feel good when you're golfing with the guys. Don't wait to try uh, out your new favorite golf apparel. Upgrade your golf attire with Mahler Bros. Get 15% off at MahlerBros.com with the code BELLYUP. Again, it's 15% off at MahlerBros.com with the code BELLYUP. Turn heads on the course or wherever you wear Mahler Bros polos. Mahler Bros Golf. Look good, feel good, feel good, play good. Our next guest, he's going to help us with both the AL and the NL West, is my friend and uh, cohort in the fantasy baseball world, Kevin Wilson. Hey, Kevin, how you doing? You know we're doing good, and uh, you know as you uh, you know we're on the show, and uh, we're less than uh, forty-eight hours from the start of baseball, and uh, we'll be hearing those most famous words, "play ball," here really, really soon. So you got to get jazzed up about that. So I am really, really looking forward because that should start off relative, you know, central like we are. Well, you're east, but we're, I'm central over here, so. By about lunchtime, yeah. Here, baseball will be on, so I am very excited about that. I'll be out at work. I'll have my headphones in. I think it's. I'll be at work too, two, but that's going to have to, you know, take a little, little sidetrack every <laughs> once in a while. Yeah, I think the Brewers' first pitch is around two, two thirty, something like that. So I'll be listening to it as I'm walking around, and I kill bugs for a living. So I'll walk around, kill bugs, and then listen to the Brewers. Um, and, uh, Kevin, again, we talk a lot of baseball every Sunday night, 8 p.m. time on the sports stove fantasy baseball show. And, uh, I've got you for the next two, the, the final two divisions, the AL West and the NL West. And, uh, I want to start now you're, you're a fan of the Dodgers. So we'll get to them in a little bit. We're talking AL West first. So you live okay. in Texas. Uh, right. so I want you to come on for this one to talk about the Rangers because they made some splashes the last two seasons, uh, off seasons. And uh, the question is, is it going to pay off? Jacob DeGrom, of course, the big one this year. Um, what's the feel like down there in Texas about what the Rangers had did this offseason? Well, the, the Dallas Morning News, which is a local paper here, just did a, uh, you know, a profile of the season. And they've got the Rangers finishing second in the AL West this year. I am not going to get on board with that just yet. Uh, I think they're going to be – how could they not be improved? Because they've had six straight losing seasons. <laughs> and so anything less than a winning record will be a massive disappointment. They've got a manager now who has three World Series rings that yeah. he could just call a player in. It, it, maybe he's being a knucklehead and doesn't want to listen. <laughs> Do you have three World Series rings? I don't think so. So you, you know, sit down and shut up. <laughs> kind of thing and so i don't think bruce bochi is that kind of guy he's uh i've when i was in san diego years ago he was the manager of the padres and uh he took them to the world series 
course, they didn't beat the Yankees. No one was beating him back in those days. But uh, he is a guy who commands a clubhouse. And so they have to feel pretty good that they got a guy because they've brought in some guys that, that, that was their first go around as a manager. Mm-hmm. And none of that has gone well in the uh, last six years. But uh, if, if you got Bruce Bochy sitting there, and uh, he knows what he's doing. He knows how to handle pitchers. He knows how to handle the bullpen. So I think that is a massive upgrade for them. And he's going to give Dusty Baker, who now has a World Series ring of his own, a run for the best manager in the division. And that's really saying something because Dusty yeah. Baker is an impressive manager in his own right. Definitely. So now they got three new starting pitchers in DeGrom, Evaldi, and Haney. Uh, they also bring in Odorosi, who uh, is dealing with some arm fatigue already. So right. I'm not sure what the role is going to be for him, if he's going to fit into the rotation or not. Uh, you know, At this point, I would think he would be out of the bullpen because uh, you got Martin Perez and John Gray, who I'm a very anti-John Gray guy, but that's a whole other yeah. story. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but all those pitchers are over 30. And DeGrom, he's been injured a lot. Um, so that's the big question mark, right? How many innings Absolutely. is DeGrom going to have this you know, that's been the the question over the last couple of of years when it comes to DeGrom. And, uh, you know, he had the uh, early side tightness Mm -hmm. and everybody was like, (gasps) (laughs) you know, but he has thrown some some very good pitches and he's looked good. And uh, uh, unfortunately for our Philadelphia brethren in this uh, belly up league that we're in, they pay, you know, the Philadelphia Phillies are the Rangers opening day weekend opponent. Yeah. So if there's a team, a guy that knows how to pitch against the Phillies, that's got to be Jake, Jacob DeGrom. So we're going to find out right out of the gate just how good, you know, if he's at the top of his game, there's not a pitcher that's better than Jacob DeGrom. And it doesn't matter which name you want to throw at me, whether it's Verlander or whomever else. And so we're going to see pretty much right out of the gate. And, and they're pitching, as you mentioned, they're all over 30, but they know how to pitch, all, all of those guys. And so the pitching will have to be better, and it, it, it just has to be better. There's no question about that. And uh, they'll have to get something out of uh, Josh Jung over there at third base. Because yep. uh, there were five teams in all of baseball that were worse at third base and the Rangers and they have to get something out of left field because there were no team <laughs> that were worse than the left fielders that they trotted out there a year ago. So I want to come back to DeGrom real quick. He he pitched more innings in 2019 than he has no. since. Uh right. 2020 he was at 68 innings, 2021 92, 2022 64. So he hasn't even hit a hundred innings in the last three years. That's got to be scary, especially for the amount of money that they gave him. Uh, and they gave him a, a you know a few nickels to yeah. come on down to Texas. Yeah, and uh, so you have to because Chris Young is the general manager, and he is a pitcher himself back in the day. And matter of fact, he was the one of the pitchers on the Padres when Bochi was the manager down there. So between the two of them, you think that they would know pitching when they saw it. So yeah. I'm willing to give them a, a little bit of leeway at this point 
and uh, they signed Degrom, and so we'll see. Yeah. Now they do have. You talked about it. they got a decent offensive lineup for the most part. Simeon, right. who who started slow, but he finished great. He started so slow that you could you could have a, a, a rowboat going faster than he was <laughs> until June. Then he was fine after that. He was fine. And uh, I think that that I got him on my fantasy team, so I'm certainly hoping he busts out of the gate. So him and Seager got the, they got the middle of the infield covered. Nathaniel had a covered. And he should do fine. Garcia in right field. He strikes out, but he's he's got some good things to him. Josh Young is the the young guy at third third base. You talk about strikeouts. That's his bugaboo. Yeah, because he was striking out. But there's expectations for him this year. We'll Absolutely. see if he can meet him. Absolutely, um, there is. Jonah Heim, a catcher, decent catcher. They got Mitch Garver as a backup too. Uh, not bad. Robbie Grossman, sort of. Brad Miller, okay. And then, then you get the center fields, Bubba Thompson. I'm not sure if that's going to do anything good for him. No, you, you, yeah, you got the uh, the Grossman yeah. twins running around out there. So that, that does not inspire a whole lot of confidence. But as I said, they've got to be better than what they had out there in left field last year. We're not going to talk about the A's at all because there's nothing to talk about. There's, no, there's zero reason to discuss it. <laughs> but the Angels coming off – an incredible World Baseball Classic with Otani and with Trout. Um, we've talked about them before, but they're they've just not they've never achieved what they should. Seattle finally showed up last year, and then Houston's the the, the star in town right now. So when you look at those teams, um, you know Angels are the Angels going to make the playoffs this year? Well, they better <laughs> if they. That, that's all you can say about them. They had better be in contention in July. We're not talking about, you know, towards the end of the season. They better be in contention in July. And uh, people are not buying into that because we're going to get into the over-unders here in a minute. But uh, they're yeah, not seeing they could the be out of it. They could be out of yeah. it in the first month if they're not careful. Could be. And if that's happening, then you have to wonder, does Otani even on the team? when August 1st rolls around and maybe he's on my Dodgers that we're going to talk about later. So we'll have to see about that. Um, who had a better off season, the Rangers or the Mariners? You gotta, you gotta give it to the Rangers at okay. this point with the pitching. Yeah. And, and uh, but the, well, you know, and the you're Mariners, not, you know, you don't like the Oscar Hernandez, do you? No, I do not. As far as he, he he's a fine major league player, but I thought he would be a bust as mm. a fantasy outfielder. And I still believe that because how do you go from Toronto to Seattle? You're not going to you're not going to match what you did a year ago. And if you're the Mariners, you got to hope that Julio yeah is keeps on rolling. And uh, doesn't experience any – I don't think he will, any of that sophomore slump stuff. And uh, – Yeah, who they you got to like their pitching, too, because they got yeah. Castillo out there. And, um, and Gilbert, he, Bobby Ray. He escaped from Cincinnati. So yeah. that's got to be – you know, he's got to feel like he escaped the dungeon yeah. over there. And, uh, and they got George and so – and yeah. Robbie Ray. So they're pitching – I think if the ask because you know you had Brian Scott on a minute ago and he was talking about Altuve, that's got to be concerning. 
about, you know, for the Astros. He's the spark plug. He's at the top of the lineup. And as he mentioned, nobody seems to know what's going on with Alvarez. The season starts two (laughs) days from now, and nobody knows, is he going to hit or not? Right, right. Um, I do want to give a shout out to Colton Wong. He got traded to Seattle this offseason, and I think it's a great pickup for Seattle. A lot of people just kind of swept over that, but you can't. I'm telling you that he is so consistent. Um, He's going to provide good things. I like what Seattle has. Will be better than last year. That's the question mark. But Houston is the team to beat in that division. Uh, that's well, you know, they're the defending champions. Yeah, they they've the, nobody's beaten them in that division. What five six years now, and I I suspect that's going to continue, but they are not going to win like they have in the past. Like the when they won one hundred and five, hundred six, whatever it is last season. Yeah, yeah, that's not happening this year. All right, let's talk about that. Let's go win totals. Uh, Oakland, 59 and a half. Oakland is, the, to me, the closest thing to Washington, maybe worse than Washington. Uh, 59 and a half over under for uh, Oakland. Well, you know, 59 and a half is not a very high bar to set. <laughs> and so I think they're going to win 60. Okay. 60 and 102. So over by a half a game. Okay, uh, let's see here. The Angels are next at 80 and a half. They won 73 last year. That's a seven-game improvement from last season. Uh, did they hit that mark? I think they're over again, okay. not by much. I think they go 82 and 80, and that's not going to get it done yep. in the uh, Shohei Otani sweepstakes. So he's not going to be on the Angels next year. It he, doesn't, he, doesn't appear he, so. <laughs> you, you, know, you, you can set that in stone right uh, Texas they have an even bigger jump they're at 82 and a half they were at 68 wins last year um, again they had such a bad start they add DeGrom so do you think they make that big a jump to 82 and a half I think they go slightly over that Okay. I think that a lot of guys are thinking they're going to go even higher than that but I say they win 83-84 games all righty. Uh, Seattle, 88 and a half. They won 90 last year. They go over that. I think 90 is a good uh, target okay. for them. If you win 90, the chances of you being in the playoffs is high. And so I think they make the playoffs for the second straight year after not being in the playoffs, for you know, since <laughs> I was, you know, who knows where I was the last 2001. Who, Yeah. You know, um, I don't know where I was. So Houston won 106 last year. You said That's they didn't win that many, and Vegas agrees with you. They got them at 96 and a half, which is still a good win total. It uh, is up 10 down from last year. Do you think they go over 96? I go half? under. Okay, slightly. I'm going to go at 95. Okay, win for I would go 100 if they had Altuve, oh, and so but they don't. And that's a big loss. People just can't gloss over that because you just cannot replace an Altuve and all he brings and the exuberance and the energy and everything else that he brings. Plus he bat, you know, at the top of the lineup. Yeah. And so, no. So if they win 95 and he gets back, you know, by June. Yeah. They're in good shape. 95 is, is a good goal for them. 
All right. Uh, let's see here. I'm just, we're going to go right into the NL West because you're my guest okay. for the NL West, too. All right. All right. I'm going to go and switch into my Dodger jersey, but I guess I'll have to <laughs> okay. hold off on that. So. All right. The NL division breakdown is presented by Righteous Felon Jerky. Again, you go to righteousfelon.com, use that promo code belly up, get 15% off. I highly suggest the Baby Blue Barbecue and the Soul Survivor. They're brand new Korean barbecue flavor. You got to give them props for the name. Am the I right? name and the design. I mean, they've got they've got a different design on every one uh, with a different bull. Uh, of course, they got some turkey jerky too. So they got turkey. That's on just them. bringing on the power. They do that's a great power job. right there. Great. Or the younger crowd would say that's fire. I guess that's what fire. A hundred, no cap, something like that. <laughs> Um, okay. <laughs> now I'm getting out of, out of, out of hand. Okay. Uh, let's, let's, uh, I've been talking for two hours. Let's get into the NL West. Yeah, I understand. Um, <laughs> uh, NL West is an interesting one. The Dodgers yeah. have kind of ruled the roost, but San Diego's made some moves, uh, this year. Let's start with the Dodgers since that's your team. Um, they subtracted this year. First time they've yeah. done that in a while. Yeah. They had, they had no real additions at all. And so, I think that the Dodgers are in real peril of not winning a division this year. Yeah. And because uh, they've won the division eight out of the last nine years, and the year they didn't win it, the Giants won 107. Yeah. And so, but they're still the Dodgers, are still a good team. They're even borderline great team. The problem is, is that, that the Padres, and they showed, as I always said, the Padres were kind of like the redheaded stepchild. You know, the little brother compared yeah. to the Dodgers. and But they flipped the script when they beat them sure. in, the, uh, in the playoffs a year ago. So the spotlight's on them. They've got the players. They're not all young players. So I think that's, that's key. And so they're I think the Padres players. are <laughs> got to be the favorite to win the division, unfortunately yeah. for me. The Dodgers' big signing in the offseason, J.D. Martinez. Well, okay. Uh, David that's, Yeah, let's not get carried oh, away. Now, Miguel Rojas. Ah, okay. I mean, that's it's, not not get carried. it's just not a great signing either. And then they brought in Noah Syndergaard to pitch to go with Urias, uh, Dustin May, Clayton Kershaw, and then at some point in time, but it's going to be a while before Walker Bueller gets back. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's it was definitely a different kind of offseason this year uh, for this team. Uh, and the Dodgers. And I think you're right. I think that what San Diego has done is put, I think San Diego should be the clear front favorite. Although do. Vegas doesn't agree with me on that. Yeah. But. I don't, I Vegas, you know, they, they, they're the ones that uh, get out the microscopes and, and that's where the money's coming in and everything else. But I, I, I I'm not seeing this. I think the Padres have to be, they got pitching, they've got hitting and they've got a guy who's just waiting in the wings in 20 games into the season and we'll see what what he has to say and what he can do once he gets on the field but that's like adding an all-star before the you know we usually do that at all-star break yep or towards you know end of july they get him at the end of april they bring in xander bogarts they got juan soto last year manny machado uh jake cronworth hassan kim Trent Grisham, Matt Carpenter comes over as well. You know, he's going to be the DH at 37. Um, they'll just use him sparingly. Um, David Dahl comes over, which doesn't most people don't look at and go, yeah, yeah let's not get carried away on that. Not horrible. 
Um, and they got another old guy in Nelson Cruz that he'll, again, he's limited to what he can even do. But then you look yeah. at the rotation, you Darvish, Blake Snell, uh, Nick Martinez, Michael Waka, and said Lugo. Um, none of those guys you look at and go clear ace, in my opinion. But you also look at those guys and go, well, they're they're not bad, though. <laughs> no. And and you Darvish is right there, maybe one half of a step below ace. He's done it. He's capable of doing it. And uh, just as soon as you pick him up in your fantasy league, then he steps off the off the cliff. Yeah. And uh, and that's happened to me. And I hope that's not the case this year. So and Joe Musgrove will come back. He's injured. We talked about him with Scott Bryan earlier in the program. Uh, you had you had Musgrove to that rotation though, and it just it looks that much better. Um, and then you got Absolutely. John, Hayes, who's and uh, the, you know the, your uh, relief pitcher over there from Milwaukee. Uh, he's going to be settled in, yeah. Hater, and uh, so you got to like him. I didn't draft him this year, which means he'll probably have forty-seven saves. Great, yeah. Um, what about Arizona? Arizona's a team. They're young. They're exciting. And they are exciting. They may be sneaky good this year. They might be. I think it's still just a year away before we can get into really being a competitor, especially when you've got the Padres and the Dodgers on top. That's a tough road to hoe, you know what I'm saying? And uh, But you have to like what they've got going on, especially on offense. Yeah. They, they bring in Moreno. And if you read my article, you know I have him as a pickup. And they've got Carroll. They've yep. got McCarthy. Mm-hmm. They've got Walker at yep. first. And so they've got all kinds of young hitters. And if they put the bat to the ball, they can do some things. Yeah, I mean, Cattell Marte's still not even 30 yet. Cattell he- Marte, right? He, you know, he seems like he's been around for 10 years or whatever, but he's still a uh, – yeah. And he, it hasn't been that long ago since he was an absolute quality. It was only what two years ago, where yeah. he was he was just pretty you know In, awesome. Injuries issue, yeah. Um, Perdomo's a guy at this point. They have uh, Nick Ahmed starting at shortstop, but this Geraldo Perdomo is gonna gonna take over that job pretty soon. He's a good sized kid, six two, two hundred three, at twenty three years old. Um, and he should steal that job here before too long as well. And the big question mark for Arizona is can their pitching hold up? Zach Gallon's had injury issues. Merrill yeah, Kelly doesn't yeah. excite anybody. Mad Bum is not what he used to be. So the pitching's the issue in Arizona, but they could be a fun I team. I like Kelly. Yeah. I like Kelly maybe even more than Gallon. Really? So, I mean, he's not going to produce like Gallon, but as far as being a value – I like Kelly as a number two guy. That they've got two guys at the top of the rotation. That, I, that of course, I got Zach Gallon on my team, so maybe I'm raw rawing him just a little bit. And uh, but I like him. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens with the two of them. If I was to get Merrill Kelly on my team, I'd be happy with that. But I didn't. So. San Francisco has good pitching. They're just a boring offensive team. Um, you know, I, just really, really boring. But I want to talk about Colorado briefly. Colorado is a team that I, we anticipate being really, really bad this year. But when you start looking at their team, you go, well, 
Profar had his best season of his career last year. He comes over to play left field. Chris Bryant was injured all last year. We know that he has the ability to be good. Uh, Charlie Blackman is 36 going on 37. It seems uh, like he's 46. Yeah, right. Uh, Ryan McMahon is supposed to be really good. And, and you know, I just have a hard time trusting anything in Colorado. Their pitching staff isn't great. Um, you know, Daniel Bard's supposed to be really, really good, but he's 30. He's going to be 38. And he had a rough outing in the World Baseball Classic, too. I look at this team and think they should be better, but I just can't talk myself into Colorado this year. No, especially when you've got Arizona on the uprise. Right. The Giants, as I mentioned, won 107 games two years ago. And uh, they know how to play in their home ballpark over there. Their fans. Good point, yeah are get behind them so they're going to be pretty good at home and so when you've got that kind of thing going on and and everything should line up for colorado they've got a great ballpark yeah they've got a great fan base (laughs) but the product just hasn't measured up has not measured up. Let's get the win totals in the NL West. Uh, Colorado at the bottom of the barrel, 67 and a half. They only won 68 last year. So are they worse than last year or better than last year? I think that they, they've they done nothing that impresses me. So I'm going under. I went over with them, but not by a lot. Uh, I just feel like I feel like Chris Bryant's going to be better than he was last year. Uh, so well, if he's on the field, he's better already. Yeah, so that should give him a win or two more, I would think. That's where I go with that one. Uh, Arizona, 75 and a half. They won 74 last year. I thought, boy, I'd go over that one, wouldn't you? I would. Yeah, I would. Because you got to figure that offense is going to carry them. And uh, so maybe not a lot over, but yes, over. San Fran, they're at 80 and a half. That's a basically where they were last year, 81 wins. Uh, where do you sit with that one? I'd go over. I think they recover some okay. and uh, maybe 85. Okay. I'm down on San Francisco this year. Uh, well, you know, Diego, if, if you're a Dodger guy, you have to be down on San Francisco. That's in your DNA. So if they're under, I'm fully behind that. But uh, I think they'll be a little bit over. San Diego is only at 93 and a half. They had 89 That's wins last year. insanity to me. They're going to be over that. I, I I think they're at 100 wins easily this 100 year. 100 wins. If they don't win 100, it's like 98, 99, something like that. And the Dodgers still on top in Vegas, 96 and a half. They're they coming under that. They're year. coming under that, maybe 92. And they will win a wild card spot. But, yeah, they're not winning 97 games. I think there is a small chance that Arizona could jump to the second team in the division this year because I think the Dodgers are going to be down um, mainly. So I think if the Diamondbacks get into the mid to upper 80s, they might sneak in uh, over the Dodgers even. Yeah, the only problem with that is the Dodgers can go out in June or July and get somebody. But they're not going to because they're waiting for Otani. They're 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 well. They're that's what I'm saying. They could possibly go out and get Otani. Oh, that'd be crazy. That'd be crazy. I don't know, right? Because mm-hmm. like I said, if the Angels are out of contention, well, why would you trade got no, for them if you they could, got no reason to hold them? None. I know, but why would you trade for them if you could just sign them in the offseason? Because if you have him on your team, you could go deep in the playoffs. One guy. 
you wouldn't think one guy could tip the scales, but we're not talking about one guy. We're talking about two guys <laughs> in one. We're talking about Shohei and Otani. <laughs> Shohei and Otani. You got Shohei throwing the ball and Otani hitting it. So <laughs> it, I like it. I like because it. Because if you're the Dodgers, you, you just can't say, well, we're going to wait around for Otani. You've got to try and win and get in the playoffs. So they will make a move, maybe if it's not as splashy as Otani. They're going to bring in somebody to at least – because they're not going to just sit there and say, the Padres, here you go. They're not doing that. No, so. that's true. That's true. All right, Kev, tell everybody where they can find you and uh, the different places you're on throughout the week. Well, you know, I'm out there. Uh, Chase, that was talking to you just before I came on, him and I, as he mentioned, are doing doing the show the – the, the football live show that comes on at 10 a.m. And he mentioned that there are a lot of changes coming. He might want to clue me in to what those might be. <laughs> and so, but we do that. And you and I have got our show, of course, every Sunday night. And uh, get over to the Belly Up Fantasy. Uh, get a, and, and check out. Because I wrote a story of everybody should have drafted by now. Yes. You would think. All well, right. I have a draft tomorrow night. Okay. That's fine. <laughs> but I wrote an article. Uh, about post-draft pickups. And just before I came on here, I put I put that out yesterday. And from yesterday to today on Reddit, I've got 22.7 thousand views nice. of that. So if somebody could get out there and kick me up to 25,000, that would be awesome. So <laughs> I'm just going to put that out there. And so, but anyway, get over to the Belly Up Fantasy because there is a – all kinds of stories over there on fantasy baseball. We're blowing the lid off of that right now. And uh, over there on the regular side, you just kicked out an article about baseball over there. So baseball rules the roost right now. So get over there. And uh, I want to make sure on Thursday, I want to make sure I, I get this right and I don't mess up their name. And that is... Uh, the batting order beat. Yes. They're doing a show because Thursday, of course, is opening day. Yeah. They're doing a show. I will be on that show approximately seven or so central time. So okay. you'll want to check that out. So I'm out there. That's all yeah. I can say That's right now. Belly up the batting order beat as well. Very good. He's Kevin Wilson. You can catch him all kinds of places. He's everywhere. Uh, all at one time as well. Kevin, hey, thanks for spending a couple couple, couple divisions with me here tonight. I appreciate yep. it. Um, it's always a pleasure, man. All right, we'll see you, we'll see you soon. See you. All right, that's Kevin Wilson again of BellyUpFantasySports.com. Friends, we've made it to the end of the Belly Up Sports Baseball Super Show. Thank you to all of our guests that came on and our sponsors, MahlerBros.com, RighteousFelon.com. And, of course, Belly Up Sports for hosting as well. And I told you at the beginning, we're going to predict. We're going to tell you exactly what's going to happen this year. Here you go. World Series. It's going to be the San Diego Padres versus the Houston Astros. San Diego's going to win. Take it to the bank. Go right now. Right where you are. Run to the bank. Take it there and lock it in. That's what's going to happen. But watch out for those Milwaukee Brewers. Yeah. Wherever that is. There you go over there. Um, but uh, stay tuned to Belly Up Sports all throughout this baseball season. Again, every Sunday night, you can catch me on the Sports Stove Fantasy Baseball Show. Kevin joins me on that. We have other guests that come on as well. We give you all the uh, fantasy sports 
baseball stuff that you need, but we also talk Major League Baseball as well um, each week there. Um, you can catch me as well. I've got the Sports Stove podcast that comes out every Wednesday night, uh, the Sports Stove Fantasy Baseball show every Sunday, and then a Sports Stove local hour covering Eastern Kentucky University sports that we drop every Friday morning. You can find it all at the Sports Stove podcast uh, or through bellyup.com, bellyupsports.com. Uh, you can find us through the, the uh, podcast page there as well. You need some beef jerky, go to RighteousFelon.com. You need some fresh duds to wear on the golf course, you go to MahlerBros.com. You need sports news, sports opinion, sports satire, you go to BellyUpSports.com. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Belly Up Sports Baseball Super Show. May you have a wonderful night and a great opening day this week. It's time for baseball.